Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Cage Fight Podcast. Oh, shit. 3-0. It's the big Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. In this episode, we will be discussing the movies The Weatherman and The Ant Bully, which, uh, I don't know, these are both uh, mid-2000s masterpieces. Yeah, one was yeah. released, they were literally released a year within each other, so. Yeah, well, and um, both won Best Picture. Yeah, yes, they, it did, yes. They, they also kind of represent, like, the two main cliques uh, uh, of my high school, like the Weathermen and the Ant Bullies. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I believe they were also, they both uh, won the Best Foreign Film that year at the Academy Awards. Yeah. yeah. Even though I think both of these were made in America, they made an exception. Well, it, no, was, it was the so Academy the, in uh, yeah. Turkey. <laughs> I mean, no, the, the Weatherman was actually shot in Chicago, which shouldn't be part of America. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. Because it's, it's uh, Libtard land, so. Yeah, it's a freaking danger zone. Um, but I thought it was California that they were trying to break. No, no, it's it's libtard land. There's a bunch of libertarian retards there. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, let's get rid of it. (laughs) uh, The ocean is going to come crashing down on uh, Chicago specifically, um, and it's going to wipe it off the map. And you know what? If we're going to wipe anything off the map, how about that fucking shit pizza they have there? Like, what the fuck? More of a casserole than a pizza. Whoa, fucking, it's dripping everywhere. You got those Chicago-style hot dogs. What the fuck is celery salt? What the fuck is that bullshit? You need a fucking extra bun for all the shit they put on that shit. And all we know, you put ketchup and sprinkles on your hot dogs. Look, I, uh, frankly, I do like Chicago-style hot dogs. Or I, did I like Chicago-style hot dogs <laughs> and deep-dish pizza. Um, I'm, deep-dish pizza is too much for me. But. Well, I, you're I, a fucking, uh, fucking coward. Either I mean, Dave broke I like, the soundboard or he's very adamant about the no. <laughs> I like, I like deep-dick pizza more than deep-dish pizza. So. Mm, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, suppo- uh it's now just- I wrote the soundboard. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> How come you never hear about shallow digging? That's true. Just, just the tip. Like, oh yeah, baby, I'm just literally going to give you the tip. Yeah. Like, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, Sometimes just like that's all you want. Ankle deep. <laughs> Not even like more like a big toe deep. <laughs> Is that what they call foot? No, Soles of my feet deep yeah. in the pussy. <laughs> oh, um, God. I don't, this is. Uh, any, anyways, um, if you enjoy these conversations about deep dick pizza, um, maybe throw us some money on Patreon. Like yeah, pay us for this. Patreon.com <laughs> slash cagefightpod or please, podcast. Please pay oh. us for this comedy gold you are currently listening to right yes. now. Yeah, eventually we'll start doing... Um, you know, exclusive content there where we're like <laughs> slurping up the pussy all, all the time. We're going to start doing comedy sets when COVID is over. And let me tell you what, those comedians, they don't know what the fuck's coming into them because we got the fucking lit comedy over here. Yeah, I'm not doing comedy over fucking Zoom because I need the people there booing me to get the full experience. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be cheering me. They'll boo you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boo You, my new album, is uh, now available on iTunes. Also, uh, you know, follow us on all forms of social media. If you can Mm. think of one, we're probably on it. Yeah, I mean, Um, we're on Twitter. We're we're not on on Mastodon. We're on Uh, Facebook somewhere, I think. Yeah. Um, We're currently on FetLife. Yes. And we got uh, a LinkedIn. We're on Vampire Freaks. Uh, (laughs) uh, Live Journal, Fur Affinity, Tumblr. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure. I think we're in a couple scat fetish forums too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. We're definitely in some scat (laughs) fetish uh, forums unless they deleted my posts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we even have a couple posts on eFucked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Um, Rotten.com. There's a video on eFucked where uh, somebody uh, eats a bowl of cereal out of a girl's ass while they're listening to our podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, it's actually true. <laughs> I, I've watched that video. 
I made that. I'm video. glad I haven't. <laughs> well, it's a good video. They specifically do the one where, uh, or like they're specifically listening. Wait, to I'm a all part for eating where... ass, but not eating out of an ass. <laughs> no. uh, you know what? Uh, broaden your horizons, Jess. Yeah. But specifically on that video, they are listening to our Danzig did 9/11 bit, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's become big in the fetish community. Yeah. Oh, and um, the, and speaking of like, you should you should check out the YouTube channel. We got like special clips from all sorts of episodes up there, and even outtakes. That's. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I don't think we've ever talked about, even on like our Twitter. We've literally never talked true. about it on um, any social yeah, media. We've just been like low key uh, releasing videos to like one person who <laughs> accidentally came across it when trying to find something else. So uh, all of National Pleasures, beautiful songs are on there. Um, oh yeah, we, we got clips from all sorts of uh, all sorts of shit. But uh, that, that's enough. Plugging at the start of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and well, one last plug. If you do subscribe to our Patreon, um, you can unlock the one premium post that we have, which is a recording that I have uh, released of Jess saying the N-word a bunch. Um, that, this so is not true. <laughs> go yes, check that out. God damn it. Let's just move on to the episode now. Uh, so first we'll be discussing The Weatherman. is a movie that came out in 2005, rated R. Directed by Gore Verbinski. Whoa. Yeah. I, I legit thought it was Gore Vidal at first. I'm like, <laughs> wait, he was a director? And it's like, oh, different person. Okay. Yeah. Gore Verbinski, I think his best known movies are probably the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, right? Yeah. 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 Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, that Lone Ranger movie where- uh, Totally forgot that happened. Put uh, Johnny Depp in brownface and then put whiteface over that. <laughs> um, he did Rango, uh, The Ring. No, the- Rango's an underrated movie. Oh, he did direct uh, Rango the Ring, is great, yeah. And also he did Mouse Hunt, which is a fucking classic. Uh, and you know, it's a good movie. I think honestly, the Weatherman and Pirates of the Caribbean have a lot in common. If you think about it, that's true. I, I mean, both are heavily influenced by the weather. That's true. You can't really sail a ship if you don't, uh, you know, pay a little attention. I think there's more in common than that. I think you have to go more than just skin deep, Jess. So mm. do better next uh, time, Jess. I will. I just want to correct you on one thing, and I don't want to be like a dick about it. But uh, you said the thing that Gore Verbinski is most known for is the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but I think you meant the Budweiser Frogs video short from 1995. Oh, yeah. Uh, So That does have some wide reach with uh, probably people older than me, and I'm like the youngest cutoff that knows what that is. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and that's just because I I still say it a lot. Uh, This is written by Steve Conrad. Production company was Escape Artists. Which I believe that was a production company for a f- previous film that we had. Yeah, the uh, Houdini movie. Oh, yeah. It's a great joke. Oh, yeah. Pay us money on patreon.com <laughs> slash cage5pod. I mean, once again, I mean, you know, Mike's uh, Mike's comedy special is a boo you, right? <laughs> boo you is a, a yeah, just boo me. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's only on OnlyFans, your OnlyFans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Runtime of 102 minutes. Budget of twenty-two million dollars, and does anyone want to guess if this went red or black? Um, I'm gonna guess that this movie didn't go in the black because yeah. it is kind of a uh, niche film. No, uh, well, but I but mean, it wasn't that big of a budget. That's uh, yeah, that's that's I true. Mean, I and still don't imagine that many people willing to go see this and movie. Gore Vidal just made for, it, you know. Yeah, so. Gore Vidal did make it. I'm gonna say uh, it. It it is in the black. I'm gonna say it made a cool thirty. Seven million. Oh, oh, and also, uh, <laughs> Escape Artist was a production company for Knowing. Oh, oh shit. shit. Okay. Thank you for knowing. <laughs> but uh, Taylor, you're right. This is in the red. Nineteen million dollars. I was it. actually surprised. 
which uh, brings up our total, which I definitely had up, and I didn't just recall at this exact. She's yeah, not so, lying. She fucking. Yes. She uh, just so, uh, cur- has a lot it, of papers it, out. Uh, having connected. We're podcasting through a tunnel. That would be twenty-two out of fifty-one movies. Okay, I'm sorry. We we just I'm sorry. Twenty-one. Whoops. I just figured it out. Incremented it. So I do apologize for the connection issues there, but just had the information up. We just couldn't say it right away. Yeah, twenty-one out of fifty-one movies. Unfortunately, that's all we got. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, this got 59% from critics. So just a hair under fresh. <laughs> just a hair under I fresh. I thought fresh was at 50. No, we had this discussion on previous episodes. The fresh is 60. Mm. Oof. It, fresh used to be 50, but that was like years and years ago. Uh, yeah, the, because of inflation and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Fresh yes, had to change. <laughs> they had to grade, grade up on a curve. <laughs> uh, 56% from audiences. But that's that's all I got from uh, for, for 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 facts there. I don't know if uh, Mike has some dazzling little facts for us or anything. I got or... some couple bullshits here, or if Taylor yeah. does. Taylor, what did you prepare? Uh, nothing. I have no facts. Uh, I wanted to make this. I wanted to go as blind into this as possible. So, uh, Mike, okay. what bullshit facts do you have? I got some bullshit about the food uh, that hits Nicolas Cage throughout this movie was thrown by director Gore Verbinski. Oh, so. He's the guy whose ass should get kicked um, (laughs) by Michael Caine. Honestly, that's a really that's a really funny fact. I like that a lot. Um, And Gore Verbinski also played guitar on Hans Zimmer's score for the movie. Uh, So he fucking really wait wait Hans Zimmer scored this movie. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, Oh, I did not expect that one at all. And this is uh, Gore Vidal's lowest budget movie. Um, Or Gore Vidal's. this doesn't even sound like a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. It, no, like it the, doesn't. The because ending credits so much is like a weird, it. like '90s jazz music thing that mm. I, I actually like because I like that style of music. Some <laughs> of shit, but uh, yeah, this movie was shot in Chicago. Um, despite them wanting to shoot it in Canada, um, they wanted it to look authentic, so they uh, you know brought it to the fucking pizza place. Uh, <laughs> and you know what's even like more hilarious than that? Uh, movies that are often shot in the Midwest are always shot in the Toronto area, no matter what it seems like. Yeah, like it's just like, come on, guys, we know the difference. I can tell the foliage between Mississauga and fucking Toledo. I know the difference. Uh, Stop lying to me. Transformers Three was shot in Milwaukee for like ten seconds of the movie. It, it yeah, was, was, and they they claimed it was Chicago. They claimed the Milwaukee Art Museum was in Chicago. Those fucks. When I heard they were uh, filming at the Art Museum, I was really hoping that that would turn into like a big robot and fly away, but it didn't. uh, So, Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't. I mean, it literally does transform anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a we have a real transformer. <laughs> Not good enough for Shia LaBeouf, though. Mm. So uh, while shooting this movie, director Gore Vidal was surprised to find uh, that Chicago was uncharacteristically warm in February. So. Potato um, flakes. The production designers had to recreate snow from scratch uh, as the uh, movie takes place during winter. I don't know if they for sure use snowflakes, uh, but I really hope they did. They're potato flakes, I mean. Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> potato flakes. Uh, I, I when I, I had snowflakes on the brain because I was thinking about um, potatoes. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, shit. you were thinking about all the libs that are getting triggered right now. Yeah, uh, or getting triggered a month and a half ago. 
Or, yeah. Uh, and my last uh, <laughs> not interesting fact um, is that the McDonald's logo appears prominently on the screen uh, no less than nine times for anybody who's counting. Yeah, so I also saw the Arby's logo and the Wendy's logo. Yeah, above, yes. So. The, this entire movie has this weird like fast food motif. Yeah. Uh, it really does. I wasn't and, sure uh, what the point of it was. And but. I'm honestly shocked considering this took place in Chicago that they didn't take a short jaunt to the rock and roll McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, or the fucking uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, well, he does have a line near the end of the movie about having a uniquely American achievement, and I feel like fast food is somehow relating to that, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, fast food, uh, fucking most delicious form of cancer. Uh, <laughs> it's in my so opinion. delicious. Hell yeah! Don't be a cuck. Get the new. Little Big today. Mac. Why a Little Big Mac? <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo character. Starring. Is, oh, yeah. It's, it's a new, the I was new thinking Little about Big the Mac. fucking Dustin Hoffman movie. It's, a, it's like, a Travis Scott meal, but it's just a Little Big Mac Get meal. the new Mr. Game & Watch meal or whatever. <laughs> Get the new Captain Falcon meal. Get Falcon punched into flavor. Get you the cuts. Steve from Minecraft meal. <laughs> You have to make it yourself. Oh, like you have to yeah. grow the grains. <laughs> like they give you all the, the seeds and like a hoe uh, and shit. I got one. Get the new Birdo meal. You're gonna suck that up. <laughs> Going into a plot summary here. So Nicholas Cage is a TV news weatherman who is well known around the city of Chicago, where he does his weather reporting. Well known for getting the fucking weather wrong, or yeah, something, and being a dick to his fans. Yeah. yeah. And by his own admission, his job is incredibly easy. He makes about two hundred forty thousand dollars a year for two hours of reading prompts a day, and does some like public speaking events. But uh, people around town just disrespect him constantly. And, He's repeatedly, like, recognized, harassed, and often has shit thrown at him. And uh, I kind of wanted to highlight, uh, on the TV at one point, there's, like a, like, a news broadcast going on. And, you know, we always talk about sex offenders on the show. But Al Franken's name gets brought up several times in this movie, and I can't move past it. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, listen, we're always talking about Dan Schneider. We're always talking about, you know, fucking like every sex offender. Was it um, Brian Singer? Obviously, I can't oh, believe yeah. I forgot his name there. John Lasseter. But we we've, we've never mentioned Al Franken, the most notable sex offender. It's true. Al Franken has not come up yet. Um, but thankfully now he's uh, <laughs> now he has. Now he's hey, he's Nick Cage did it. Like Nick Cage Cannon. movie did for us. Okay, <laughs> hell yeah, it came up completely organically. Yeah, Al Frankenberry. Stop, stop the Count Chocula. <laughs> they call him Al Frankenberry because uh, uh, of the clumps of shit he has in his uh, eyebrows or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's a Dingleberry joke. What? What? No. Cage's, uh, Cage's familial relationships seem to be characterized by like awkwardness and disconnection. Uh, he has... Yeah. He, he has a 12-year-old daughter named Shelly, a 15-year-old son named Mike, and is uh, evidently what? separated from his wife, Noreen. I never really got the word on whether or not they were actually divorced. I think they're separated. Um, yeah, but she also said she's, well, we'll save that for later. Um, yeah, oh, you know like, what? You're right. Never never mind. We will get into that later, but you're, they're just divorced. Mm, yeah, she, but she's nailing Jackie April, so. <laughs> uh, his daughter is growing up pretty quickly and apparently smoking cigarettes without Cage knowing. And uh, he tries to get along with her, but evidently isn't connecting very well. The same goes for his son, Mike. Not this Mike. Different what? Mike. 
But uh, and he is evidently like very close with his like guidance counselor who like meets with yes, him all the time uh, outside I, of school. I believe and... his uh, guidance counselor is played by Brian Singer in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, Brian Singer slap a goatee on him, and and, uh, and no shit. When that guidance counselor showed up the second I saw him, like I'm gonna put him as uh, Brian Singer in my notes because yeah. I'm like he's gonna be a Brian Singer. And not to spoil it, but my prediction was to be fair, like from the very first scene he's in, you'd kind of have to be like blind to not see that coming to be fair i feel like people that aren't like back in 2005 people have been like oh that guy's weird i guess but i don't know it's i think it's really funny how uh like the the first thing that mike says about him is that like oh he swears a lot to seem cool and then like every time you'll you see him he's saying like fuck like oh shit just about like pretty much nothing uh yeah (laughs) he sounds super hip and cool oh yeah yeah so cage's father michael kane michael kane who is doing a really strange fucking accent in this movie. I think he's trying to sound American, but he's just not quite there. I, I honestly don't think he's trying to do an American accent. I, I can't tell if he's trying to or not because it's not his normal accent. But it's not an American accent either. Is he trying to, yeah, he he trying to do some like, like old school Chicago accents? Like, I don't know. Like, not like, hey, see, you know, not like that shit. Yeah, it's kind of like a, oi, brother, go bash. <laughs> Did you do a cockney accent? Yeah, do bash, mate. Do bash, mate. <laughs> he, was, he was doing a Jason Statham voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, that, that would rock. But, I would watch that. Uh, Michael Caine is Cage's father and is a Pulitzer Prize winner and a famous writer. Uh, he seems to be kind of disappointed in Cage. That's that's the general vibe you get in most conversations. But uh, he's also just been diagnosed with lymphoma and only has a few months to live. That's like the little rundown of Nicolas Cage's life and how things are going at the moment. But uh, and and honestly, we we kind of skipped over this earlier. You might have missed this. Uh, Nick Cage does monologue a lot in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And once again, he's a great narrator and a monologuer in this movie. There was a National Treasure reference during one of those monologues. Really? Yes. I didn't catch that. He literally said something about National Treasure. I think he was talking about his dad like winning a Pulitzer. Oh, okay. And I'm like, huh, National Treasure. This movie was released in 2005. I think that's <laughs> the same year as National Treasure. Yeah, so, copy and paste him saying that in another movie. So it's perfect. Wait, I always forget if National Treasure came out in 05 or 03. I know it came out like a right around when this movie came out. So. Yeah. yeah, it came out in... Uh, and then we'll just pop it in later. <laughs> yeah. um, one day, Cage takes his daughter to like a company party where they go ice skating. And you and, you, uh, mi- you missed the county fair where Nick Cage dressed up as Abraham Lincoln fucks a woman in, in a German costume. Yeah. I did miss that. It uh, wasn't especially plot relevant. But it was really well, funny, I was though. Say, uh, <laughs> Jess tried to, to brush over it by saying that he does public speaking events. Uh, and he does do public speaking events, but at one of them, he uh, fucks the shit out of some broad dressed as Abraham Lincoln. So, yes. Yeah, that was fucking strange. Yeah, it was so good, though. <laughs> I cried laughing at that moment. That was so fucking funny. Yeah, meanwhile, his inner monologue is uh, narrating everything that's happening. And a a lot of his inner monologue is kind of disjointed. Like he is. It's kind of, you know, stream of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And to be fair, I mean, he thinks a lot about tartar sauce, too. So that's true. That's not till Uh, later. And don't worry, I freaks out about tartar sauce. Um, But I mean, I wasn't sure if it was trying to convey like his natural stream of consciousness or if uh, I'm supposed to think that like he has ADHD or something uh, Mm because he was pretty all over the place yeah. like me it's, yeah and me too to be honest hashtag me too uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
You just ADD. meet to Taylor. <laughs> I mean, listen, we've mentioned a, a relevant Brian Singer fact and Al Franken. There's so much Me Too that can happen in this fucking episode. And oh, we yeah. just got started. While Kate is ice skating with his daughter uh, at the company party, he discovers her cigarettes, but like doesn't say anything, but it does make him concerned. And they end up coming last in a three-legged ice skating competition. And Shelly gets hurt in the process, tearing both her ACL and MCL. Is that the other one? I don't yeah. remember. As you um, do in a, a sack race yeah. sometimes. Uh, that gets really intense. It's <laughs> true. Uh, when he brings her home, his, uh, his ex-wife, Noreen, is just absolutely pissed. And he gets into a fight with her and her new boyfriend. Uh, he calls him like a dildo. And, yeah, that uh, was it. You dildo. Yeah. You fuck with. Her new boyfriend is uh, the almost Tony Soprano. The almost Tony Soprano. Yeah. Michael Rispoli. Uh, he was second in line to play uh, Tony Soprano after James Gandolfini, but instead ended up being the first okay. mob boss who dies uh, in the middle of the first season. Okay, so I have a few questions about that. Seeing this guy in this movie, how the fuck was that guy supposed to play Tony Soprano? That makes no sense. Yeah. I, this guy's a giant puss and not that kind of giant pussy uh, it's, in this movie. Uh, well, there is a character named Big Pussy. Uh, I do remember that. Too. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not him. Yeah, I, I, it, it was definitely a good call to not cast him as Tony Soprano. Um, that would have been an awful choice. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's he's so weak that um, instead of being the mob boss for the whole series, he dies of cancer. So <laughs> really, yeah. Oh, that rocks. Okay, cool. Spoilers for season one of The Sopranos. Yeah. It only came out twenty, <laughs> like twenty years ago, right? Yeah, around that. Fifteen, twenty, yeah. Yeah, and also his dad, Michael Caine, is there because uh, he apparently overheard while picking up Shelly at school some of the other kids calling her Camel Toe. So I guess this is just kind of illustrating that Cage is so like absent from his kid's life, he's uh, not even aware of these little things. Um, yes. Um, yeah, well, I, to be fair, his absentness, well, never mind, we'll get into that part later, and but it causes some real trauma. <laughs> don't get me started on the fathers that are so uh, unobservant that they don't see their uh, fucking daughter's uh, pussy eating or pants yeah <laughs> that's thing every father should know about yeah every father should be paying attention to that every family uh, man God. should know what's happening with their family uh so cage essentially just kind of begins to lament how he's not a large enough part of his kids lives uh he he calls noreen and says like hey do you want to go to couples counseling because like we're like fucking our arguing is like bad for the kids and then she's like yeah so they do that but cage fucks this up by just utterly ruining one of the trust exercises and just being a general asshole he does also at some point get an audition to do weather for a national broadcast called hello america which i assume is supposed to be like good morning america or something uh which i i feel like it's weird to have Weather on a national broadcast because weather is kind of a mostly local thing. I mean, to be fair, doesn't like Good Morning America do that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't but, watch I mean, those. Well, I, I, I don't I, either, I, but I thought I think they do. I think they do. Or they uh, maybe do. fucking uh, Al Roker just thinks the you entire know, country cares what New York's weather is like. I was thinking it was Al Roker. Like I, I can't. I couldn't remember his fucking to name. Be. It's supposed to be Al Roker. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Bryant Gumble. Bryant Gumble. Yes. Hello, America is headed in New York City. 
And uh, he he thinks that if he got this job, he would be really good for him because he thinks he could maybe then like reconcile with Noreen, move the family to New York City, and just reconnect with the kids. And he'd be making like a million dollars a year if he gets this job. So it's, a, it's, a, it's all good stuff. But in the meantime, he begins taking some archery lessons to take his mind off of things. And to be fair, earlier um, in the movie, it's uh, yeah. it's established that he wants his daughter to learn archery with him, and she's well, not interested at all. She Well, no, she had expressed interest in it which i was just gonna say yeah she she did before and he took her to one class but they didn't really do anything with oh it. yeah you're right that was but it, he yeah. uh ends up finding that he's really enjoying it and uh he begins to try to teach what he's learned to shelly uh in between classes but yeah she's just not interested anymore apparently she only wanted to do archery so she could go bow hunting and they get in a little argument about that she's like i want to kill animals like pretty much exactly what her words she says i want to kill animals and kate says well i don't really want to kill animals what if we just do target to be fair in this movie she does kind of act like a little psycho cunt throughout most of it there's there's an alternate ending where um she goes all we need to talk about kevin um and shoots up her school with You know, um, you know what though? Yeah, if anyone is going to be a future mass murderer in this movie, it would be Cameltoe. Would be Cameltoe, <laughs> yes. So, uh, Mike, uh, not ours, Cage's uh, son, uh, has been hanging out with that older dude uh, a lot. The the guidance counselor, the sexy guidance counselor, mm-hmm. the sexy vulgar guidance counselor. He is not sexy, if I may say. <laughs> no, he's pretty hot. He's, I do not find him the least he's, bit. Attractive. He's got a nice camera, though. He yeah. he is super super creepy. Has a nice camera, mm-hmm. um, which he takes out one day and suggests. He take pictures of Mike with his shirt off to show his weightlifting gains because apparently Mike yeah, has been doing weightlifting. We frankly harass our Mike to do that all the time. Yeah. But to be fair, he's an adult. Yeah. So we can do that. <laughs> and so this is the part in the movie where you start to suspect something might be wrong, but you're not sure yet. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, like I said, we talked about this earlier, but to be fair, the second I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, that guy's going to be a pedophile. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. And Everyone then, fucking, yeah, it's it's obvious. Well, he, it's obvious without hesitation with that shirt off. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it made me uneasy right off the bat. I don't know if maybe around this time period a movie wouldn't necessarily go there, but uh, I, I don't think in 2005 a movie would have gone there. To be honest, he's a very very creepy. <laughs> but especially for a guy who directed like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, that guy would never direct a movie that would go that to that point. Well, Captain Jack Sparrow was a pedo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but no, I mean that 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 whole scene was just like I'm like, oh god, uh, don't don't go any further yeah. than that. And I'm glad they didn't show anything beyond. Uh, future beast taking off his shirt yeah and uh, he's gonna look like a beast after all those reps that he does and he he also uh offers to loan mike some money to get a camera of his own and uh yeah we see that and then like afterwards like when cage is dropping off shelly like mike is coming back from this and bumps into his dad and you know it seems like pretty clear right there that mike wants to connect with his dad and have like some sort of familial relationship there like you know he's looking for a a, a big male figure in his life and cage is just unable to do it because he's he keeps fucking up yeah and cage is like uh i sit outside the house and watch you in your bedroom and mike is relieved to find out that that wasn't the guidance counselor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but then we do see a flashback to when cage was still with norween nor norween (laughs) yeah norween like the band ween yeah 
flashback to when he was still with Noreen, and uh, it was right about when they decided to get a divorce. He's he's supposed to get tartar sauce when he's going to get fish from a takeout place, but he's so distracted by random thoughts that pop into his head, like uh, I wish I had two dicks. And uh, and that's thing I'd like to go down on her, but I don't know that uh, I think most guys do, but not black guys or something like that. Yeah, yes. there's some kind of racist stuff in there too. But um, hey, we all thought it. <laughs> yeah, listen, I wish I had two dicks. Tartar sauce. Uh, black guys don't go down on girls. Tartar, tartar sauce. sauce. Yes, he keeps repeating the tartar sauce to himself because he knows it's very important and his wife's going to be pissed if he forgets it. But then he gets home and they reach into the bag and there's two dicks in the bag <laughs> instead of the tartar sauce. And there's black guys not going down on their girlfriends <laughs> in the uh, bag too. Yeah, it's a big bag. It's like, see, like you took my black guys who don't eat pussy and you took my two dicks and you put them together. Somewhere there's a shitload of tartar sauce and someone is getting their pussy eaten by accident. Yeah. By by accident, by a guy with two dicks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so no dicks. Sorry, if a guy had two dicks, he would never go down. Let's be honest. There was that Reddit post of that guy who had two dicks. Yeah, but if you control F cunnilingus or munchin box, you won't find it in that AMA. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I'm pretty sure that guy was white too, though. Yeah, so um, they were they were both pretty. Mid level, yeah, very much so. But yeah, uh, Cage forgot the tartar sauce, and they argue very loudly about it. You know, the kids like are like, "Well, fuck, let's get out of here," and they go watch TV and sit in their bed and like cry and try not to listen to their parents screaming. And I love this. He was like, "Oh, they just ran out of it," and she's like, "You know, let me call the place real quick." And then he just gets immediately defensive, which yeah. is that's like a perfect like shitty marriage moment. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That reminds me of so many like dysfunctional fucking relationships I've seen in my life. Oh, they forgot the tartar sauce. And yeah. She can smell the tartar sauce on his breath. She and by the way, like, bitch, guess what? Just get some mayo, some relish, and a little bit of lemon juice. And guess what? You can make tartar sauce very easily. Yeah, open up the fucking fridge. Yeah, they didn't have any of that. <laughs> they don't have any mayo or relish. Dude, they don't have relish. I don't have mayo or relish. They don't have relish in Chicago. Even... They have to have relish. Okay, that is true. For their hot dogs. <laughs> and mayo. I'm pretty sure they put mayo on the dogs sometimes. Yeah. Mm. And then a little lemon juice? I mean, come on. No. But uh, yeah, we see like then still in this flashback, Cage telling Michael Caine that he thinks it's best for the kids if they separate. And his father says, like, you know, like nothing that is meaning is easy. And something about sacrifices. You're going to have to make those too. You've always and, been uh, a failure with me, son. And I'm from the Midwest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So uh, now we're out of the flashback. And uh, pretty soon after, we see Cage is flying to New York. And he's taking Shelly and his father with him to go to the Hello America audi- audition. Or they're coming there for a vacation. Cage is going for the audition. But they're all going to spend time together. So... While there, he buys Shelly some new clothes that might help stop getting her bullied. And uh, he. Looser in the pussy area. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit looser down. down. (laughs) And you know what? That's the thing, too. I don't know if we went over this, but there's a really funny explanation on why she thinks that people call her camel toe is because she's like strong or something. Yeah, because camel toes like walk on sand a lot. And so they're like resilient. Yeah. Which is it was a, it's a sweet moment. She thinks she's being complimented, uh, and her life uh, won't be ruined because of it. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. But while there, he finds out from his dad, who got a phone call, that uh, Mike, his son, uh, got arrested for destroying his counselor's uh, car. Apparently, the counselor had tried to go down on Mike, and uh, Mike just wasn't having it. Oh, and for the record, the counselor is not black. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. for the record, he's not black. Yes. 
when Cage calls home to talk to Noreen about it, like they get into another big argument. And she's like, well, you know, like, uh, what's this fuck? New boyfriend is helping him. And he's like, ah, dildo, that fucking fuck that guy. He just sees and, him and the <laughs> dildo is the word that comes out of his. You know what? Here. It's also really funny is that the big motif in this movie is that no one knows how to swear. And it's hilarious. <laughs> Like Brian Singer doesn't know how to act actively swear. Nick Cage doesn't know how to actively swear. Like no one's good at swearing in this movie. It rocks. So yeah, it's true. But that's how you know they're not actually from Chicago because everybody in Chicago is like, "Fuck this, suck me." Well, to be fair, this movie doesn't have any racial slurs, and yeah, that's Chicago. not very Chicago. So Cage is stressed out after he has another conversation with his dad, who's just kind of always a dick. But I mean, like, I feel like dads of that generation—that's just what they were. They were assholes, you know. I mean, honestly, um, I, I I think Michael Caine uh, is probably one of the least insufferable old Midwest dads I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I he's he got rocks. like this whole like disdain and everything he says and does, which that that's a very dad thing. To be fair, it's a very Midwest dad thing too. If I my feel. kid was some fucking lowly uh, weatherman making six figures, I'd disown him too. Yeah. Yeah, be better. Yeah, try a little harder. Yeah. Win a Pulitzer like I did. Yeah. But yeah Cage, Win a weather award. Cage does some hard drinking right after that, even though his audition is tomorrow. And uh, he kind of pictures himself and his family on a Macy's parade float, hearing the announcer talk about how his life is turned around after getting the Hello America job. The next day at the interview, he thinks he's done pretty well. And he'll know in a few days whether or not he gets the job. But, uh, yeah. When Cage returns home to his family, he pretty much immediately goes to try to talk to Mike. But Noreen's boyfriend is there and he just slaps him in the face with a glove like an old school like 1700s duel. Oh, it's initiated. hilarious. They just like, yeah, like some uh, 18th century like fucking bitch slap with a glove. Yeah. It's really funny. Oh, how I never like it's like that. Pistols at dawn. <laughs> So he's he's upset that that guy's been talking to to Mike before him. He also apparently like his mother, who just appears briefly in this movie, but isn't like an actual named character or has any lines. I was going to say she doesn't even have any lines of dialogue, does she? Um, She's apparently planning like an early funeral thing. A living funeral is, I believe, what they call it. A living funeral for Michael Caine yeah, since he's dying. Basically, the guy who's going to die gets mm-hmm. to put together like the Spotify playlist for his yeah. funeral. But uh, before that, Cage gets badgered by a bunch more people around town. One throws a McDonald's pie after him, and he just runs after the guy and shoves Wait. it into his face through the open. You car say gets window. badgered? This movie takes place in Wisconsin too. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. keeps getting hit with fast food items, and he's like, "Leave me alone! I'm the weatherman." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you, you know for. Weather. My forecast is much worse than it might. If this movie did place, take place in Wisconsin, Nick Cage would be constantly getting hit by deep fried cheese curds and custard. Yeah. <laughs> and butter burgers, too. I feel like there's Culver's in, in the Chicago area. There's there is, too, but that's like more. They're all a, over the Midwest. Yeah, yeah but, but we that's own that. Oh, Wisconsin. That's our that's thing. Our thing. Did they come from Wisconsin? Or yes, they, they did. Just yes. Somewhere in the Midwest. They started in like Sauk oh. City or some shit. Like mm-hmm. Sauk City. Yeah. It, um, if it took place in Wisconsin, it would be like, hey, why'd you hit me with that cousin sub? It would be. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, good news is after he gets hit with the pie and shoves it back at the guy, he gets offered the job at Hello America on the phone. And then at the living funeral, he walks up and presents this to Noreen and is like, hey, and I'm going to be making like a million dollars. Like, we can, you know, reconnect, go with the kids, get into New York City. You want to try this again? And she's like, hey, I'm marrying uh, my boyfriend, Russ. This is where I finally take note of his name. Um, Russ Boley. Michael yeah. Russ Boley. <laughs> Uh, so Cage then pretty much is like dejected and he goes to his car and gets his bow and arrow out of the trunk and starts shooting at the tree outside doing target practice. He then sees like Russ walks out having a cigarette and Cage kind of draws an arrow and aims it at Russ. And the whole family sees this, but Cage doesn't let loose. He just, uh, he just does it. I mean, to be fair, that's very much of a, we need to talk, uh, talk about Kevin moment. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Everybody saw... Him pointing the arrow at Russ, and nobody saw his daughter pointing the arrow, the oh. arrow at Russ. Uh, shortly after, Cage has to give the speech at his father's living funeral. And at the very start of his speech, he says, uh, When I think of my dad, I think of Bob Seeger's like a rock. And then the power goes out. And uh, when the power comes back on, no one remembers that Cage was even speaking. So the entirety of his speech was comparing his father to Like a Rock by Bob Seger. Yeah, I think what he meant uh, to say plays was, uh, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, my dad makes me think of a Ford commercial um, because uh, he's short Built Ford and tough. I zone out whenever it comes <laughs> on the screen. So uh, we see that a few days later, Cage has apparently been so depressed that he hasn't even returned the Hello America phone call yet and confirmed that he's accepting the job. And he then ends up going over to like Mike's counselor's place and just beats the shit out of the guy and says like, he's only a fucking kid, which is like, go for it, Cage. Honestly, that scene, I was cheering. I was like, yeah, I was I was cheering, too. And I'm glad he he didn't. uh, It's 2005. I expected a homophobic slur or two also. Well, you know, it's 2005. He could have saved us from Bohemian Rhapsody if he would have just like just was willing to curb stomp. He would have punched just a little bit harder. To be fair, though, he also would have saved us from Days of Future Past. So never mind. Nick Cage, save him. Save him from now. Yeah. Yeah. Kill him him uh, after that. Yes. Just fucking beat him up. <laughs> Let's get rid of Brian Singer way in the past. He began his molestations in the late 90s with uh, that fucking program, that thing. There's a guy named Mark Collins Rector, if you look him up. He created a whole company that was basically just founded on molesting young boys. Uh, yeah, it's called Hollywood. Every every and, uh, Production Company. Mm-hmm. And Anyways, maybe don't look into that. But well, uh, <laughs> You know, we joke a lot, but uh, why hasn't Brian Singer been stopped? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's insane. It's it's a good it's question. It's been known for a long fucking time. I mean, why hasn't Kevin Spacey um, been stopped, even though one of his accusers, quote unquote, committed suicide in a very sketch way? And then he fucking uploaded that YouTube video, which is definitely an admission of guilt and uh, could probably be used in a court of law. So, yeah. Um, Instead of Cage Fight, we should be doing the Outing Pedophiles podcast. I mean, we kind of are. You do, know do true anon, but for the Midwest. And <laughs> frankly, more queer. But uh, the so- Q stands for queer. Sorry. So after after Cage beats up that guidance counselor, beats up Brian Singer, he tells Mike, and Mike seems pretty happy about it, and he tells him, like, hey, like, you're just a kid, and you shouldn't go getting yourself into grown-up situations just yet, okay? Like, come on. Um, and well, was there was some weird subtext about the corn dog? 
There was. I don't know why they put that in there, but they did. Was it supposed to be like shaped like a dick? Like I don't. I don't well, understand. See, it matches that. both the fast food motif and the sucking off motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I legit kind of thought that's what they were trying thing. to go for. That, but it's like, wait, you just beat up the pedophile. Why are you insinuating that him eating a corn dog is sexual? Like, I ju- I don't understand what they're going for on that. I just yeah, should have fucking gotten him Arby's, dude. Yeah, they got the meats. Well, no shit, that doesn't work either. No! Ah! But, uh, yeah, we did see a montage of all the times that Cage was hit by thrown food, and he says it was always fast food. And he compares himself to fast food, saying he's easy, quick, tastes all right, but he provides no nourishment. Uh, and that's that's what his life is. And he's still kind of sitting there lamenting his life. But uh, later, Cage gets into a car with his father, who is playing... Uh, solid like a rock and um solid <laughs> solid as a rock that one right <laughs> no, the Bob song. <laughs> oh okay the other rock song okay uh he asked cage like so so what what did you mean by that and then you know like cage kind of explains it a little bit but and then uh he's like cage you've done a good job taking care of mike's counselor and getting that job in new york city it's like i you know i'm actually like proud of you here uh and they have a bit of a bonding moment and cage kind of like cries sitting there lamenting his life Um, honestly that scene almost fucked me up mm. that scene was just very sad and also it's one of the most midwest scenes of all time Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a Michael, very Midwest moment. Michael Caine kind of uh, embraces Nicolas Cage and he says, Son, I just want you to tell me one thing. What's a dildo, love? <laughs> he says, hey, he says Michael Caine knew what a camel toe was before <laughs> That's true. Nicolas Cage did in this yeah. movie, so I, I bet he knows a dildo or two. Um, um, and, I mean, also Michael Caine at one point says something along the lines of, you know, sometimes, son, you just have to chuck the shit. Just yeah. chuck it. In that moment, I'm just like, oh my God. That is a very Midwest thing to say because in the Midwest, like just shit gets constantly thrown at you and you just have to learn to chuck it back. Basically, I think, I think part of that too was Michael Caine like was swearing and then the whole rest of the movie Caine was like criticizing Cage for swearing so much. So like uh, I think oh, I think it was what? like a little bit of like a like, you know, showing like he's like, hey, you know, you're all right. I know I've given you a hard time, but you, you're a good dude. Um, and once again, that was also a very Midwest thing, too, because I feel like dads in the Midwest don't really ever show their emotions until they're like three seconds from dying. See, I don't think this is just a mis- Midwest dad thing. I think you just no. got the Midwest sample pool. No, I feel like it's, it's literally just a Midwest dad. Every every other like go to the mountain states. All their dads are supremely emotionally open. Go yeah. to the deep south. Their dads are now, all extremely emotionally open. Maybe now the Midwest with a newer is the, generation no, of dads, but no. I feel like pretty much every no, generation just, you're, you're, of dads no. that was began just, raising you're, their you're kids. Frankly, prior to, the, the only dads okay. who are emotionally cut off live in the Midwest. Okay, that's a fact. <laughs> um, no. Pretty soon after this, Michael Caine dies, and at his actual funeral, it is clear that uh, Cage's children have begun to reconnect with Cage a little bit. Like they walk up to him and they, you know, they're nice to him and they talk to him and they seem well prepared and stuff. And uh, we see a, a flash forward and Cage's family is then seeing him on national TV and NYC doing the weather. And uh, he's still doing his archery in Central Park. And he gets asked by an autograph by, by some random guy. And he actually gives the guy the autograph, unlike in the earliest scene in the movie where he a guy asked him for an autograph. And he's like, uh, that's not me. I don't think you're thinking I am who you think you are. 
And also, that's the only other time he asked for an autograph in the movie, but everyone always asks him, what's the nipper? Oh, yeah. Which is the coldest day of the week, I would assume. Yes. Um, And every time it's like, I don't fucking know what the nipper is, you fucking fuck. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, shit. The the people around town, the fans in general, just don't seem to throw things at anymore, Adam. He's uh, he's better respected, which is interesting considering if I've heard anything about New York City, it's that the the people there are all dicks to random pedestrians. Well, I think that's the thing. I think they're uh, I think they're classier than throwing fast food. They probably throw things like gold, like gold covered turds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a brick, or like a brick, or like a frankly a slice of a thin crust, thin crust, thin crust of pizza, not <laughs> that deep Christ. dish, deep dish of bullshit. Mm. Yeah. You can fold this uh, piece. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So it ends with a monologue of Cage saying that things didn't turn out as he predicted, but that's okay. And that's kind of like his whole life. He's a weatherman. He predicts things and they don't turn out how they are. (laughs) He also says, like, nothing comes easy in adult life. And he has made a uniquely American accomplishment. And uh, I think that uniquely American accomplishment is making a million dollars doing a non-essential job while many people work themselves to death uh, yeah. with no labor rights or uh, health care. Yeah, I think and he says, uh, I finally like made it uh, and I'm uh, loving it. <laughs> McDonald's. But uh, that's that's the end of the movie. And uh, what's what's everybody think of this one? Um, I fucking love this movie. I thought it was hilarious. I was engaged like pretty much the entire time, and I thought the performances were all enjoyable, at least in their own way. Yeah, I was very engaged throughout this movie. I I really liked it. Um, yeah, I was surprised with how engaged I was by a movie that's so like uh, kind of niche. It's not something you would expect to engage you quite as much as it does. I feel like, or at least me. It's got a very generic um, name, uh, like another Nick Cage movie we all loved, involving a man. Rage. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Rage, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought this was a really good movie. I really liked the stylization of it. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. the, all the monologues oh. and stuff I thought was pretty nice. And, and I, um, you know, uh, you, you said that the movie was shot in Chicago. You can really tell. Oh, like the sure. Like the scenery looked, I mean, of course, the city of Chicago, but like just the suburban house that like Noreen lives in. and Yeah, the Michael Jordan statue. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's just like a very uniquely like Great Lakes Midwest type environment. And it really was like, oh, God, I feel like this could have just been shot down the fucking street or something. Like it's yeah. – I don't know. I liked it. And I – I like as well the look of this film because they really did capture the look of like a shitty winter in the Midwest very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and they uh, they definitely well, captured they... the spirit of Chicago by uh, doing uh, shooting in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and also having fast food constantly thrown at you, but not deep dish on pizza. Unfortunately, they should have done that. Uh, what I will say is what they didn't capture about true Midwest winter, and that I don't think I've ever seen in a movie, is that the snow is never white. It's always gray and slushy and stains everything. Oh, it especially in the gross. urban urban parts of the Midwest. <laughs> yes, yeah, they actually use like really old um, uh, potatoes for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's true. Every city, every city in the Midwest in winter has snow that's like blacker than my snow, my like my soul. So yes, yeah, blacker than my fucking dirty hole. Yeah. It's so black that it frankly won't go down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, that was a movie reference. It's, that was it's a, movie a reference, reference to the movie we just discussed. I'll say that, but. Um, this, uh, listen, yeah. if you're a black guy listening to this podcast, I believe you probably eat pretty good pussy. I'm just saying that out loud. Mm-hmm. You probably do. Yeah, send us a video of you doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, I thought, yeah, good movie, solid movie. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it quite a bit more than I kind of was expecting to, given the premise. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't really give a shit about the weather. Whenever somebody asks me about the weather, like makes a comment about the weather, um, I fantasize about crushing their skull. Um, <laughs> so. And to be fair, not because you're angry. That's just part of your fetish. You yeah. have a crush fetish. Yeah. So, uh, Anybody else got any other thoughts to add? I, I know we didn't really say very much, but I feel like – I don't know. I feel like I need to watch this movie a second time to really kind of analyze it and not uh, just be taking notes on the raw plot and actually more absorb what's yeah. going on in it. Like, Yeah, exactly. Um, There's a lot of subtle nuances of this film that I think would probably benefit – uh, people from watching it more than once, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's even on a first watch, though, it is just a really solid film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I a really solid, even good film. I can definitely see myself rewatching this, like just of my own volition after it gets eliminated. Uh, you know, <laughs> rightfully, yes. <laughs> so, Dave, do you have a a little plot summary for us of what just what? went on? You heard me, you fool. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Fucking lay it on us. Yeah, pussy. So 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 well, uh, Dave is uh, cheaping up the juice up there. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty perfect. That yeah, was, uh, that's a, that's a good, uh, pretty good summary of what's going on. I think real. I think Dave. I don't know what I loved more, that description or um, the actual movie itself. I think Dave actually encapsul- like, encapsulated Brian Singer's performance in the movie the best just from those samples. Yeah. <laughs> just from his, his summary there. Yeah, his eyes become large when he like sees a young boy walking. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> my camera brings all the boys to my house and they're like, hey, I don't want to take off my shirt. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. shit uh, but well, then Mike, I guess uh, maybe Amazon reviews yeah I was gonna say Mike to the Amazon bing, reviews bing, bing. before we get uh, uh, investigated by the FBI yeah I got some Amazon reviews for you cucks and fucks out, out here and you dildos out here um, got a review from A. Constantino um, who says uh, they wrote a review titled Brilliance uh, and they say the weatherman took me totally by surprise you really have to have a decent intellect to appreciate it though like American Beauty, it delves deeply into the private lives of its characters and reveals the things that make them suffer through every day. Mm. To be fair, you do need to have a pretty high uh, IQ to understand the weather, man. And also like American Beauty, this has an older pedophile in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, you do have to have a pretty deep intellect um, to understand this movie, much like our next reviewer, <laughs> Logical Paradox. Uh, <laughs> no! Who- Jess, why did you write this review? <laughs> no, they, we... We already discussed the one that I uh, wrote. Which, you have like, multiple it was in a previous episode. Yeah, you have multiple I only have sock one accounts. Account. You have multiple, <laughs> multiple <laughs> fake accounts. I'm too lazy to have sock accounts. Uh, Logical Paradox writes a review titled "Not for Everyone." Certain films require a certain audience, and I will add that "require" is misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> Logical Paradox writes: Art is a funny thing. Some art gains universal praise and mainstream acceptance because of its mass appeal. Then you have the sort of art that demands a certain audience in order to be appreciated. The Weatherman, Weatherman also spelled wrong, <laughs> is a little like those. Wait, is it spelled like weather, like weather or not? Uh, no, just a, a simple typo, but I just wanted to point it out because <laughs> uh, Logical Paradox seems like the kind of guy who wants to get it right. Um, the Weatherman is a, a little like those paintings of the big triangles in that it's 
simply not a movie that is likely to gain a wide following, even among movie fans. It's quirky, <laughs> odd, very detached, and full of dry humor. The monotonous delivery of this movie will impress some people as being bland and lacking depth. It is not. I don't know what this guy's saying. Yeah, will impress. I, I, I mean, I don't know what the, the, the paintings of the triangles. I don't. What are the triangles? The, like what? Those, the magic eye posters that you have to like stare at to get the message. That's mm. when you know you're really smart is when you're like, oh, that instead of like actual art. This is a thoughtfully introspective. Whoa, whoa. It's all art. It's character all art. driven, highly symbolic <laughs> film. Cage mm. is excellent. The offbeat nature will turn many off. But for those who can appreciate the eccentricity of this movie, the reward will be an entertaining, interesting experience that will only grow on you. You must watch it with an open mind. You must watch it when in a contemplative mood. And you must watch it through to the end. There's lots to get from this movie, but the treasure hidden within is going to require a treasure hunter of certain character. Frankly, most people won't have the patience nor the will to extract it. Others will miss the point entirely. <laughs> so how, how many stars is that? Five stars. So, okay. So like everyone who reviewed this movie just thinks that they're like super smart for having watched it. Uh, like, well, uh, I will say everybody who liked this movie thinks they're <laughs> super special for having liked it. Okay. You know, um, I, I feel the exact same way. I'm frankly smarter than everyone on this podcast and I liked this movie a lot. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Big and... boy brain over there fucking exploding. I mean, to be fair, I'm <laughs> one of the few people with a boy brain here. Mm, that's true. Look, um, you two are in the majority. You three I don't have a brain, majority. so you yeah. can't say I have Doesn't a have a brain, brain, and Dave's gender identity is still unknown. Uh, I believe that was true. a feminine ooh ah ah. But a masculine I think, yabba I think, I think ooh ah ah goes by they, them pronouns. <laughs> um, I have another uh, review from... <laughs> the yabba dabba definitely goes by Zezer. Uh, I have a review from Six Foot Diva... Who says? Uh, oh, wait, wait! You said six foot diva? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That, that's a fetish. That's a fetish persona name. Um, and six foot uh, diva. No, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> six foot diva. How many sock puppets? You said you don't have sock accounts. But, uh, six well, foot diva I... writes. Uh, funny movie. LOL at Camel Toe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? That was definitely just a sock account. Five stars. That was definitely just a sock account. Yeah, wait, right. that's a whole review. <laughs> That's the whole review. Yeah! <laughs> um, Hell yeah, dude, that rocks. Uh, oh, uh, Peter wrote a review, and the title is, I really enjoyed this movie. Nicolas Cage is a great actor, and it deserves more than three stars. And in the body, he writes, don't bother me. Five stars. <laughs> what? Uh, is this like a primitive, like, don't at me? Of, don't. <laughs> I think this deserves more than three stars, which you can also say by just rating it more than three stars, which he did. But uh, it's sort of like, like hot take time. I'm a centrist. Don't at me. Like, what the fuck? Don't bother me. Yeah. I loved this. Yeah. Uh, and that's all Peter said. It, it, that's, uh, yeah. It, he was thinking about putting up a do not disturb sign in his hotel, but he just ended up writing it down on the yeah. note there. <laughs> you you know, that's thing. If this guy does have private property. It literally says private property. Don't bother me. <laughs> uh, I have a review from uh, Michelle who writes, uh, thank goodness for fast forward. <laughs> uh, I love Michael Caine and he was the only good part of this movie. 
And the I actually two... think he was one of the weaker parts of this movie. But... Uh, you know, I'll agree or disagree, but he's not the strongest part of this movie. <laughs> uh, and the too short beat up scene where the dad, Nicolas Cage, was finally worthy to watch. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I just wait. want to take that wait. one more time. Yeah, you want to try that one more time? The rapper too short beat up. <laughs> uh, the too short beat up scene where the dad, Nicolas Cage, was finally worthy to watch. Oh, okay. I think. I think. Wait. So th that's what? one of the few good parts is the scene. It was too short, and now Nicolas Cage is finally a human being who's worthy of being watched and acknowledged. Um, uh, I think that's what. What I don't know. Well, uh, I think he's saying it's too short, and now this movie is finally worth watching because someone got assaulted. Yeah, even if they deserve the it. The scene was too short, and it was. I mean, and to be fair though, Nick Cage does like viciously assault this guy. I mean, not not he enough viciously assaults, but he does beat him up pretty bad. She continues. Otherwise, this was one of the most painful loser movies I have ever seen. Loser. Who wants to spend two hours immersed in the life of an unbearable moron and his poor neglected kids with the dialogue such as? What? Sputtered more than anything real. What? <laughs> well, this person wouldn't like our podcast. <laughs> you know what, uh, Michelle? Uh, I don't think you have a deep enough intellect for this movie or this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Michelle is never invited as a guest for this show ever. Yeah, fuck you. Man, fuck Michelle. Uh, I have a review from Davis Reaper who says... Story for a loser. Is that, is that the Grim Reaper when he finally takes Jonathan Davis from corn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, it's Jonathan Davis recording uh, via Reaper. Uh, story for <laughs> yeah, a loser. Yeah. To be fair, Jonathan Davis did record a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, and that's what that is. Not a, not a feel-good movie. Davis Reaper didn't like it. Uh, Brenda Hanaran writes, Found this film to be rather depressing. Two stars. Um, sorry that you got bummed out by the sad movie. <laughs> and not that was it, right? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I have a review from Saved by Grace. Oh, fuck, no! This uh, person loves Left Behind. And that's Saved by Grace with three exclamation points, so you know they mean it. Uh, and Saved this was by definitely, Grace, right? Maybe they're just really grateful that their friend Grace pushed them out of the way of a speeding vehicle. <laughs> well, I think you'll have some context in a second, uh, because Saved by Grace writes, Skip it! Beware the constant F-bombs, the God D-bombs, and not just from the adults, and last but not least, the nudity. Which I think is just that one tit. It's that literally that one out. tit coming out of her dirt. Was it dirtle or whatever the fuck? It's like uh, a German. Dress. A German girdle. Yeah. Yes, girdle. Yes. Uh, Dirndl yeah, or something the like God that. The God D-bombs. Are we just going to let that slip by? The, no, that's, uh, that was my favorite part. The God D-bombs. <laughs> the God D-bombs. Uh, well, uh, you better not say the God D-bombs in this household, boy. This movie was rated R, so uh, going into it, you're running the risk of hearing a couple F-bombs, a yes. couple of God D-bombs, which and, I think you can probably And frankly, a couple titties. Yeah, I, I mean. Just the one titty, but still. Yeah. You should I expect think, that. I think Saved by Grace would have been happier if the other titty would have made an appearance. And, uh, our next review comes from John Phylon the third, uh, who says, don't watch it. Disturbing movie. I get it. We all go through tough times with being a parent and life, but do you have to expose a young girl to be portrayed like that in a movie? Hollywood just had to get their gay young boy in there to turn themselves on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He's not gay and he gets molested. What the fuck? God damn. Hey, but they're getting off to it. That's why they had to put it in Jesus there. Jesus Christ. Cage, Jesus. you made some good movies, but this one was about as low as you can get. Wimpy on protecting your son. The glove scene was perfect. 
don't do that, LMAO. What is really sad is kids are going to watch this because Cage is in it, and they will think this is normal. Okay, first um, off, this is not a movie that kids are going to watch. Kids yes. love Nicolas Cage, and they got to see his newest kids, R-rated I mean, movie. Nicolas Cage, Cage, why not? They love movies about depressed men in their 30s, like, yeah. in a career that they... Yeah, I was having a midlife having a crisis and dealing with his, like, fucking, like, despondent children. That's not a thing that kids will search out. What the fuck? Yeah. This person's a fucking idiot. There was a lot of great reviews for this, so let, I'm that sorry. Is, let that me... is the most mad I've been at a review since that racist World Trade Center review. <laughs> Fuck this person. I hope they die. Uh, I'm sorry for having so many, but let me get through these last few. I have one from KF um, who writes, A good movie doesn't require humping. Um, <laughs> what? Our uh, uh, returning customer. The only good movies uh, have humping. That's true. <laughs> Objectively, yes. Uh, returning reviewer Amazon customer writes, avoid, not a family movie, XXX. So wait, wait, you know what, you know what happened is they were looking for the family man. They accidentally rented Weatherman. Yes. Are, and, are, are these people like not aware of like the fucking fact that every movie like has, has an MPAA rating? Well, not every movie has an MPAA rating, but they have, they have content warnings and they pretty clearly list what it is on the outside well, of see, the packaging or this like person whatever site specifically, you're looking at or... Uh, <laughs> this person specifically has a problem with the rating <laughs> because uh, they say horrible. This movie should be rated triple X. Oh, because oh, no. of the one tit and the God D bombs, I guess. <laughs> Not and, appropriate. Well, to be fair, the shirtless underage boy. Too. Oh, yes. Not appropriate for family or anyone for that matter. Nudity. Sex scene came out of nowhere. No warning. Bad acting punctuated by bad script and zero dialogue. Did not finish movie. Big waste of time. I do like Nicolas Cage in a few movies such as National Treasure and Wind Talkers. Oh. This movie is the bottom of the barrel. Uh. Boo yuck. One star only because you can't leave zero stars. Uh, and my final review uh, comes from Jack of All Trades, and it is our uh, all caps review of the week. <laughs> um, yeah. Jack of All Trades writes, this is Holly Weird's idea of what life is like. The protagonist is irredeemably shallow, selfish, and clueless. His lost family is one only Hollywood executives could recognize. Cage wasn't even likable in this one. The film was very literary in that it was all flashback and the hero was an idiot, so the literati will love it. But if you seek films with protagonists you can identify with, avoid this abortion. Now, to be fair, literati, that this was a, I, I think, wasn't that Lady Gaga's fan base? Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're thinking of uh, Illuminati. The Illuminati, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Very fair. Okay, so wait, wait. I'm confused. Like, o- only, like, people who are into literature, like, movies with a dumb protagonist? Is that what they... Because they said, like, an idiot protagonist, so See, of course... Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, only literary people like uh, Of Mice and Men. Oh, okay. Yeah. This I, was all ma- mouse there. and no man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally think of a single book... That normal people like that has a mentally challenged person in it. Uh, do they have uh, books based on Everybody Loves Raymond? I think so. Okay. I think they do. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, this, uh, this Tom Hanks in it, so. the fanatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, only 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 literary smart people like the fanatic. That's the why we love the fanatic. Classic, the yeah. fanatic. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be you have to you have to really high IQ to understand moose. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, that's the end of the episode. See you next time. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for the weather, man. Uh, stay tuned to hear us talk about the ant bully, and then uh, also hear which one of these two is going to be the victor in this matchup. But uh, we'll be back in about 20, 30 seconds. Bye bye. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are in part two, ready to hit you with that ant bully. Oh, yeah. Pussy. Mm. All right, partner. You know what? To- oh, shit. Yeah. It's not that time. Fuck. Never mind. I fucked that up. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> this came out in 2006. It was rated PG, and it was directed and written by John A. Davis. Yeah, I, who I believe is the vocalist for the band Korn, correct? Yeah, well, no. See, this John has an H. Yeah, this was written and directed by John Davis, who Something also this wrote and directed way. the greatest movie ever made. Uh-huh. Jimmy Neutron. Oh! Oh, shit! You know, honestly, the animation style does really remind me of Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, that makes sense. It's this better movie, than Jimmy Neutron's animation, but Jimmy Neutron did come uh, out like 2000. You know what? How about no? Jimmy Neutron is the best animation of all time. It, yeah, this movie needed Ultra Lord for... Sure. Yeah, I think I needed Carl and, and some llamas. Oh yeah, some yeah. fucking llamas. Um, and a hot ass mom, and also the hot ass dog, <laughs> a robot dog. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It's like bark. Oh yeah, br- bring that barking ass over here. <laughs> uh, so produced by Legendary Pictures, Playtone, and DNA Productions. I believe DNA Productions was the same production company that did uh, the animation for Jimmy Neutron, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, DNA Productions, uh, uh, which was responsible for Jimmy Neutron uh, and some of like the Weird Al show. uh, And this movie Mm -hmm. uh, was the last thing they ever did because it put them straight into the ground. (laughs) Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, uh, And we'll we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Yeah, speaking of, (laughs) uh, this movie had a budget of $50 million and a box office gross. Ooh. I'm gonna guess three and a half. Okay, so what's the what's the national like GDP of China every year? So like around four trillion dollars, I think is what we made. I'm gonna say two hundred fifty million. Okay, that's fair. Fifty-five point two million. This one is, in fact, in the black. Well, to be fair, we talked to we talked to Rod last time. I don't really think that's that much of a. In the black. Yeah, I, I think this would still be considered quite a failure and a flop. But but for you know, us, it's technically in the black. That's twenty-two out of fifty-two movies, my friend. Baby, we're so close to half. Mm-hmm. We're super close to half at this point. Yeah, that is surprising, and we got some pretty good movies in the pipeline. So <laughs> this oh, thing yeah. just might shake out for the Cage Man. To be fair, though, we do know for a fact that even really good movies still sometimes are in the red for Nick Cage. That's yeah, that's true. Because Some Chevelle. notable ones like Red Rock West was very, very much in the red rock. Yeah, the title mm-hmm. was in the red. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has got 62% from critics, 42% from audiences. Massive <laughs> dip. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Critics like this a lot more than uh, people did. To be fair, I think the critics, critics were. Uh, yeah, I think the critics were talking about the great performances from certain certain members that would go on and do very notable things later on in their career. Yeah, <laughs> weirdly stacked cast in this movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. That, that's that's uh, that's all the regular information. Now, what about the fun information? Uh, well, here's a fun one. This was the final theatrical movie of Ricardo Montalban before he died. As we Ricardo know from, Montalban. He's uh, the guy that played Khan in Wrath of Khan. Oh, really? Yes. Wait, who is he in this movie? 
Uh, he was the head of council in this movie. Yeah, he was like the old, old aunt. Oh, old aunt guy. okay. I know who that is. And also, who else was in this movie, Mike? Um, you know who else was in this movie? Good old Allie Mack from the Nexium Sex Club. <sighs> just, just, what the fuck? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the uh, fuck? Okay, so here's the thing. We, we've, we've said this a lot on the show, that every single movie involving Nick Cage has similarities. So this episode is sex predators. In the last movie we, we watched, The Weatherman has a fictional sex predator. This one has a literal real-life sex trafficker. Yeah. As a role. Um, as a character. Yeah, uh, Jelaine Maxwell Jr. is in this movie. Uh, and to be fair, I think the person who uh, uh, was essentially the leader of this cult is now in prison for, I believe, the rest of their lives, correct? Uh, the rest of a few people's lives. I was just looking lives. at Wikipedia. It's 120 years. Oh, yeah, um, and this person basically played second fiddle to that. And as far as I'm aware of, she hasn't been sentenced to prison yet? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. This person who literally trafficked women and branded them as part of this weird sex cult? Uh, I mean... She's not getting any prison time? <laughs> Really? Prison's no place for a lady. That's true. Uh, or Nicolas Cage. I know that was pretty light-hearted trivia, but it just gets uh, more fun from there. Uh, just before the release of this movie, uh, most of the employees of DNA Productions were laid off, uh, and the studio was closed. So uh, a lot of people out of work uh, after this one. Um, Tom Hanks. More like bomb thanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks, if you uh, if you talk to uh, any QAnon people, uh, also a pedophile. Wait, really? Um, well, to be fair, he got Greek citizenship specifically so he could molest kids. Did you hear well, that one? I, I th- when it was announced that he like had COVID, uh, that was this was at the time the height of uh, me being on my uh, Republican troll account, mm-hmm. um, and so <laughs> I saw a lot of memes being posted about how he like. These people believe that he is like the leader of the pedophiles. Tom Hanks, for some reason. Really? Yes. Yes. God, but to be, to be very fucking like, I don't know. I can't keep up with all the fucking crazy QAnon theories. You know, like, thing, I tried like, to learn about this, and there's so many that I just like I gave up. You know, like, thing, I, they, Republicans they, yeah. are really stupid. I think we need to reiterate, right? Because they they focus on Tom Hanks, but they completely forget about the literal sex predator that was in this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but uh, Tom Hanks, QAnon uh, poster boy. Uh, originally conceived of the idea for an animated film uh, based on the Ant Bully book uh, after reading it with his child. So he, I think, was like one of the producers on this. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. And to be fair, talk about producers. Did he produce other things involving children? <laughs> I think um, QAnon people think he did. Yeah, sound off in the... Uh, <laughs> sound off in the chat real quick, folks. QAnon people tweet at us. Uh, <laughs> We'll definitely be respectful when we. Reply. You know, what? I think we should. I think we should. I think we should like follow a bunch of Q people, and then they follow us back, and then we just we just post Q content from now. We on. should do that. Oh, I uh, I don't want to do that. By the way, is, is, uh, it, is it the Q? Is it the Cage Fight Podcast or the Q Fight Podcast? No. We got our first uh, spam DM to the uh, Twitter account last night. Oh, I shit. did um, see that. Yeah. I was I was sitting on the couch uh, with my partner when uh, my phone lit up and on the screen says, oops, you caught me in the shower. Yeah. Uh, something, something. Here's uh, a photo <laughs> of my ass. It's like a picture of an ass. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, wait, it said, really? Uh, here, you know what? I get, <laughs> I get shit like that all the that time rocks. on Twitter and it bothers, um, well, Instagram rocks. in particular. One, one, I don't have a ton of trivia for this, so I, I, can, I can go ahead and read off this DM that we got. <laughs> Yes, please. Um, last night that rocks. Um, to the Cage Fight Twitter account. 
Uh oh, it got deleted. Oh yeah, I deleted. Oh, that. Yeah, deleted. I didn't realize it would delete everywhere. One, I maybe, one, one of my friends uh, <laughs> at at one point mentioned. That was just his uh, ass, I bet. In, one of my it was friends firm, very firm. Yeah, it was Jess's ass is very and firm. And it's I definitely not my ass. <laughs> oh, it is definitely Jess's ass. Let me tell you. Uh, so uh, the role of Momo, Lucas's grandmother, uh, was originally uh, voiced by Shirley MacLaine, um, and was eventually recast with uh, Lily Tomlin. And the same thing happened with uh, the Bruce Campbell character, which was originally uh, Alan Cumming. Um, Wait, Bruce Campbell's in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's one of the ants. He's yeah, the scout the, ant. Uh, yeah. Um, How the fuck did I not notice that? I love Bruce Campbell. Big fan. Big fan of Bruce I didn't know Campbell. this was a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, just kidding. Sam Raimi um, would have done a better job directing it. For sure. Uh, and the last piece of trivia I have is that this is the first theatrically released animated movie for Nicolas Cage. Mm. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, it's Nicolas Cage. Why oh, not? Oh, yeah. No, the, burr, a, burr. a Christmas Carol, the movie came out before this, but that was only on TV. Theatrically that, uh, released movie by Nicolas Cage. Burr, yeah, burr, burr. That's what I was... yeah, and Christmas Carol uh, also doesn't count because it fucking blows hard chunks. <laughs> And he's My barely guy. in the fucking thing. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. Um, uh, that... Really, that blows my mind, honestly. It took this long for him to be in a... Yeah, it is kind of surprising. Well, um, it wasn't until like these mid-2000s DreamWorks movies that uh, they started getting regular like live-action actors to do voices. Prior to that, like voice oh, acting was you know done what? by voice You're actors. Right. And I, then I, it was around this time where they started I, to do it for star power, essentially. I was going to say, yeah, um, really the first big, big movie to do that was probably Shrek. Yes. Yeah, which was... It was supposed to be Chris Farley, and then he... Um, and then I he think died. Uh, yeah, uh, right? he uh, or did, wasn't did, able to do it. Uh, yeah, because he died. You know, I think it was. Uh, I he think, was busy doing speedballs. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. think he got. Uh, I think he got taken in by Donald Trump and a clone of him. Oh, overdose on heroin and oh, a cocaine. That was it. Uh, yeah, and right. yeah, you um, heroin and cocaine yes. mixed together. Yes. Um, so I believe I know that yeah. because I know uh, what a speedball is only because it's what both Chris Farley and John Belushi died of. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And they both should have been Shrek, but uh, instead we got a see. mentally challenged Scottish man to do it. Uh, <laughs> he's Canadian. Thank you very much. He you was born to, in Scotland. You to don't be have fair. to say mentally challenged because it's uh, implied by Canadian. That's oh, true. Yes. Uh, all, of our, all, of our, all of our poutine fucking maple monkey listeners. You you've been fucking wrecked. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Po- wait, poutine. Putin? Whoa! Whoa. Putin? More like like poop teen. Mm -hmm. Fucking do what I call Canada. Russia Junior. Bunch of commies. Every time, every time we get followed, we gives us a timestamp, and it's in Toronto time. Yes. Which basically, it was, it's kind of Moscow if you think about it. You know why they got free healthcare in Canada? Because all the freaking liberals are knocking up their yeah. daughters. <laughs> yeah, all those commie liberals, those Putin commie liberals. Yeah. Commie those, liberals. Yeah. <laughs> those commie liberals. <laughs> uh, um, Man, we just Trudeau. fucking wrecked those Canadian, Canuck, those Canuck fucks. We Canucked those fucks. Yeah. We cucked those Canucks. <laughs> Cucknuck. Cucknuck. Uh, okay. Is that all you have for trivia? Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, that was like twenty percent <laughs> trivia and eighty percent yelling. That was you know eighty eighty percent xenophobia. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so oh, going on to a plot summary. So Nicolas Cage is an ant wizard who finds some like fire crystals, which are apparently the key to making a potion that will be the culmination of his life's work. And the fire crystals, uh, because, you know, everything is different to them because their ants is actually just like a bunch of uh, paralysis OTC <laughs> that falls out of somebody's pocket. Wouldn't that be like preventing the fire that, that stops heartburn? That's true. But, uh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be uh, fair, an animated movie would make a, like a fucking pharmaceutical commercial in 2006 or whatever. Oh, yeah, probably. Because a lot of those commercials were like, hey, you guys got bad mucus? Here's these weird mucus monsters to <laughs> oh, fucking advertise our product. Here's a cute cartoon circle. That's how yeah. you feel. And I am a bee. And you have allergies. New. Um, like, <laughs> that was a bad bit. I don't know. If I, um, that was great. On my part. No, um, that was a rocking bit. Hey, Jess, can you talk about that bee a little bit more? Is yeah. Are you talking about the Minecraft bee, right? I, it's I, trans I, or something, like, right? Pepe Le Pew voice is all I'm coming up with here. I don't remember. Yeah, the Pepe the even... Frog voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so Lucas is a young boy who is bullied by older kids. Uh, quote because. Uh, I'm big and you're small is what the bully says to him. Yeah. Um, so what's smaller than a kid that he could lash out on? That's true. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uses this logic to justify shooting the Nick Cage ant hill with a squirt others. gun and just kicking it apart. And this uh, this strengthens Cage's resolve to, to solve the, quote, Human problem. <laughs> the, the human, the, the human question. Yeah, this is the second movie in a row that we've watched on this episode that involves um, a kid uh, who goes nuts and uh, probably shoots up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes. So Cage has the sponsorship of the leaders of the colony, and he's working hard on a specific potion, and eventually gets it right using those fire crystals. So uh, then, as Lucas's parents. Uh, are leaving for a vacation, leaving him and his older sister Alice with their Mac. grandmother. Oh, that's who Allison Mack was playing? Yes. Mm. His older sister, the sex criminal. And uh, their grandmother is apparently very concerned about alien abductions and, like, is supposed to be a paranoid conspiracy person. Yeah. To be fair, that's a lot of elderly people. Yeah. It's yeah, either due to dementia like or majority of, like, or both. at this point. Well, how many, how many, well, whatever. Fox News uh, actually does cause early onset dementia, so. Yeah. I mean, basically. They work hand in hand. Yeah, I think it sounds more right. The next day, after being bullied, Lucas begins flooding the anthill with a garden hose, and he is uh, approached by an exterminator. Played by Paul uh, Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah. Paul Giamatti. Strange little role for him, but, uh, well, not really that strange. I feel like this is a character that it's easy to see Paul Giamatti in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like a weird, creepy, unhygienic exterminator who's yeah, kind of angry. One of those people, like, if you want him in your movie, it's best not to see his face. Very <laughs> similar to uh, John Adams, if you think about it. Wait, John Adams? The, is, is that the one that he played? He's like a, it's like a show uh, where he was a president. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Oh, he did. He was in the John Adams show? Yeah, he I was John realize. Adams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mm. titular... Adams. Yeah. Very similar the to John his, Adams show starring yeah. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson and uh, very similar And to here's his, your host, uh, John Adams. <laughs> very similar to his role in uh The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh yeah, where he played Aunt May. Yes, he played Aunt May in The Amazing Spider-Man. So very similar to that role if you think about it. 
But yeah, uh, he's opposed by the exterminator who tells him that his dad hired him but forgot to sign the contract before leaving. So he wants Lucas to sign it instead and like badgers him into it. I also think this is not legally binding or anything, is it? Like you cannot have a minor sign a contract. Like um, I, I don't think so. But to be fair, this guy doesn't seem very scrupulous. It's true. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, he's not a pedophile in this movie, though, which is good. Well, Man, we don't know good, that. Yeah. Like, like the one adult who's creepy Yeah, we don't know child. that. We, we don't see him very much. We don't know this kid had okay. shrunk okay. down. Okay, though. Okay, he's got though. a big van. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, he had his opportunity. It was broad daylight. He might as well have. <laughs> yeah, the best time to do that. Uh, broad daylight. <laughs> uh, so Hey, be big, be big. Was it be big or go home? Yes. So Lucas does sign it. And uh, that night, the ants sneak into Lucas's room and spill the potion into his ear, which shrinks him down to the size of an ant. And the ants then haul him before their council for a trial, where the queen sentences him to becoming an ant, which is, and he's going to be taught by Julia Roberts' aunt. Uh, not, not like her, uh, um... Not her aunt. Yeah, not but, her aunt. But she's an ant. Yeah, it, it is an movie. ant that is played by Julia Roberts. With a um, thick badunkadunk. I mean, fuck. All the ants have thick badunkadunks in this movie. Yeah, their true. fucking abdomens are out of this world. Like, abdomen, like, astomen, like, oh boy! So, uh, Roberts sets about trying to find a role that Lucas can fill in the colony, uh, beginning with, like, foraging. And uh, many of the ants are pretty suspicious of him. Right at the start there, he's pretty fiercely independent, and he doesn't want to become a fucking ant. And, yeah, because uh, he, he wants to be a fucking ant. Yeah. Like, seriously, you get crushed all the time. Yeah, it's kind of a shitty life, is to it, be honest it, here. <laughs> um, it's a real shitty existence. Fine. You have no, like, yeah, you have no fucking, like, co- like, cognizance of your own. Yeah. You're just a cog in the machine, and you get squished all the time. <laughs> Shit sucks. He gets upset after one test when he cannot scale a vertical wall, because he's not an ant. And, uh, yeah. Can't I mean, harness those Vanderwall's forces to begin climbing. There's fun, fun science facts. That's what y'all come he's for. He's basically an ant. He just doesn't have the. Yeah. You know, so he just doesn't have a you know a niece or a nephew yet. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fair, Jess. You are right. We do. People do come to the show for science facts. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just the science girl. Some of the smartest pedophiles <laughs> in the world, like Malcolm Gladwell, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, really good smart Wait, social. Malcolm Gladwell, pedophile. Uh, he's or? on the flight logs. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, very. To be fair, a lot of smart social scientists like Steven Pinker also listen to this podcast too. Mm. Anyway, go. <laughs> um, so um, the FBI will be at our door any minute. So soon after the colony is attacked by a bunch of wasps. Uh, not white Anglo. Yeah, I was gonna say are those kind of wasps. Or no, no? I mean, these are literal wasps. I mean, to be um, fair, I do think the ants in this movie have a very like Catholic mindset. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense bugs. that the wasp would come to kill them. <laughs> so it makes sense. Lucas manages to scare them off by letting an old firecracker that was laying on the ground uh, with a piece of glass, using it like a magnifying glass to like refract the light and start a fire. And uh, everyone praises Lucas as a great hero, but Nick Cage remains very suspicious. You know, I will say that scene also had one of the few moments I laughed at where it's like this big like, oh, it's going to explode. And then you see like in the distance, like, poof. Yeah. Like that was pretty funny. It was one of the few moments I didn't laugh at. Damn. (laughs) Sounds like a moment where you're like, oh, shit. Actually, I was fucking cackling the whole time and I had to stop dead. Yeah. uh, When that part. You're like, damn, son, where'd you get that explosion? Because that Damn explosion so. was part of a mind-blowing experience. Yeah, it was like what an underwhelming explosion. The ants show him some murals of like their history, which include like the ant mother, who is supposedly the creator of all ants, and the cloud breather, who is 
pretty clearly the exterminator. I do honestly think it's really cool to like the ants have their own mythology that's basically just like like human existence. Yeah. But they do it through like like quasi cave paintings and like mythology and stuff. Like that's honestly a really cool motif. I like that. It is a nice little aspect to it. And it, it's world building. Flushes things out a little. Exactly. For for a movie that's not very long. Uh-huh. Uh so the when Lucas sees the exterminator there in the mural, the cloud breather, who is like mm-hmm. Evil in ant society. He's like ant Satan. I mean, he's literally ant Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he realizes that he needs to cancel the exterminator because he's going to die with the ants too. So he convinces the ants to go into his house with him under the guise of getting jelly beans, even though it is technically forbidden by ant law to enter the human house. I'm not sure why. I wish that it was forbidden by the ants in this area's law to not enter my house because, like, sometimes yeah, I honestly, got some fucking ants in this since house. When have, since when has it been illegal for ants to enter a house? They're everywhere. Yeah, they get yeah. in the they houses all the time. They don't give a shit about your borders. Yeah, they don't give a fuck, yeah. We need to build They're a Barnes wall. They're Barnes & Noble's people. Yeah, to build a wall, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke about a business that went out of business, like, ten years ago. Never mind. Um, <laughs> That's the thing, I mean, you know, no walls, no borders. And we, I mean, frankly, we got rid of the borders and bookstores. So, I mean, yeah, we and they fucking the only place that ants can't get go rid is of Wall Street, Circuit baby. City. Yeah. Well, uh, to be to be or get rid of Walmart and Walgreens. Oh yeah, and well, Circuit and, C- and also Paul Wall. We should get rid of Paul Wall. Yeah, we what? should probably get rid of Paul. Paul Wall, Wall kind of got rid of himself. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I think we need to finish the job. <laughs> um. So Lucas shows the ants uh, around his home and a taste of human culture, and uh, they begin to bond even more. And to be fair, part of that human culture is Alice and Mac, right? Yeah. Because she's in that house. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So is, is that why the ants aren't culture. allowed in there because they'll get sex trafficked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't want no part of that Keith Raniere shit. <laughs> They gather jelly beans, and Lucas tries to call the exterminator cancel by, like, jumping on the phone buttons and stuff. He accidentally dials a pizza place, but he doesn't realize it, and he thinks he successfully cancels the exterminator. But he cancels a pizza he didn't even order. Yeah. I feel bad for whoever the hell isn't getting their pizza. Wait, you want a pizza with extra tomato? (laughs) (laughs) Exterminator, tomato. Yeah. (laughs) Very good stuff. The the ants are marching back home with Lucas. And then Cage is there at the top of the anthill and just starts taunting Lucas, still mad at him, saying, like, he has a potion to make Lucas big again, but I'm never going to use it because I hate humans. Um, yeah. And then he drives off Lucas and like, get the fuck out of here. Nobody wants you here, you stupid piece of shit human. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, it's it's like, uh, it's like uh, was it Lassie? Like, get out of here. <laughs> no one wants you here. Mm. He looks behind. He's like, oh, God, no. It's like, go away. <laughs> Upon finding out that Cage drove them away, uh, Julia Roberts and uh, Bruce Campbell Ant and Regina King Ant, who I'd never mentioned any of the names before because really it didn't. They're, they're, they're the three ants. That, yeah, honestly, like, the names are like some, some dumb crap, like the like the crudes a it's little bit. It's all like Zock, Block, and Bluk, and no. yeah. It's like, I think it's Black, like uh, like uh, how deathcore vocalists sometimes Blech. say it. Oh. <clears throat> They, uh, they set off to find him, and while out wandering, uh, Lucas is attacked and eaten by a frog. The ants witness this, and then uh, Cage becomes, like, super regretful, and he chases after the frog to get himself eaten because he's carrying a special root with him that, like, makes things, like, burp. Yes, Trippy. and to be mm. fair, I think he should feel bad because he— Led to a child almost dying a horrifying death. That's true. So he should feel bad. 
Yeah, because, feel, that uh, frankly does feel bad, man. Mm-hmm. Because Jonathan Davis directed this, uh, you can you definitely know that's a Jim Root. So, what? That was a Slipknot reference. That wasn't even corn. <laughs> yeah, but uh, corn Slipknot, that. it's the same thing. Come on. Yeah, Come on. I'll, I'll give it to you. Whatever. If anyone who knows corn probably knows Slipknot. Now, to be fair, that was <laughs> definitely a very subliminal reference. Mm. Um, I don't practice Santeria. I was gonna say that was that was the Slipknot reference. <laughs> oh my god! Goddamn. Okay, uh, I think so that's subliminal. L- listen, some of those references got left behind in my mind. Okay, <laughs> he uh, that special root that he carries with him. He he does get eaten, and it makes the frog burp, and it releases them both. And he says to he says to Lucas, you know, I only did this because it made my girlfriend sad that you got eaten. I don't actually care about you, you dummy. Uh, but you know. Clear he does. He, he likes him. He's, he's, he's got a begrudging like for this mm-hmm. shithead kid. So. It, it breaks the bro code, to be sincere. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. The only way to show genuine affection as a man is to just do constant irony. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That, yeah. it, genuine affection through irony. <laughs> uh, but, um, that should be the slogan for the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Cage and Lucas discuss the differences of ant and human society that night. But uh, they find some common ground in apparently that they both sometimes act without thinking about what they're doing and they're regretful of what they've done. So, like, you know, they're sitting there and they're like, they're starting to get along. Uh, yeah. Nicholas they're they're trying to see past the differences in, in each other's cultures. Yes. It's a very anti-racist scene if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, Anti- like, Nick Cage racist. criticizes human yeah. society for being so individualistic and that they need to work together and talks about diversity because he's a fucking Hollywood libcock. <laughs> but no. Um... I mean, literal, talk about a literal hive mind. They have a literal hive mind. It's true. So maybe it's they should have mind. Maybe they should have more individuality in their culture too. A so there, there can be more dissent because it's obvious the society's fucking falling apart. Mm-hmm. It constantly gets wrecked by forces outside that they can control. So that means they need to strengthen their inner selves. Create a Uber. Stop making no, these ants go fascist. Never mind. I'm not going to make these. Fa- <laughs> Listen, ants are already fascist enough. We 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 don't need to make them. They're more already fascist. monarchist. It's not that <laughs> big of a stretch for them to go fascist. That's butterfly. To be fair, they don't have a very strong. They don't have a very like robust uh, welfare state. So mm. very susceptible That's to true. fascism. I feel. So uh, the next morning, the exterminator arrives, and. Uh, Lucas and Cage go to warn the rest of the colony, and they form a plan to squirt the shrinking potion into the exterminator's ear. But they're like, how do we do that? He's so tall. And then Lucas is like, hey, you know those those wasps that attacked us before? Yeah. What if we got them to help us? Uh, so they go and they recruit the wasps to work with them, which takes some convincing, but the wasps eventually cave, allowing the ants to sit on their backs with the squirt pods as they fly around the exterminator's head. Their plan doesn't work because the exterminator is wearing headphones. But uh, after many wasps and ants are wiped out by the gas clouds, they come up with the idea to put the potion onto a wasp's stinger and inject it into him that way. So when they do that, the exterminator shrinks down to like the size of a toddler. Uh, yeah, down to the size of like a little person. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost got like that. Uh, yeah, like that little person like body going on. Yeah, and he's not proportional to what he was before. It looks kind of all fucked up. It's weird. Um, just stopping ableist. That was very ableist. That wasn't. He just, he's. Uh, he looks like a little person. That's what little people usually look like. He doesn't look like a little person. Yes, <laughs> like, he does. You're his being head ableist. shrinks from the top. You're into being a ableist. Cone. Yeah, he's got it, a. Uh, he's he got looks the, like a conehead from SNL. I know. Stop being ableist. Okay. You're being okay. ableist. Um, also, 
also at one point, like during all that, he got bit in the dick by a beetle. Like that was. That oh, was I remember thing. that. That was pretty funny. And uh, also, don't forget, he's got lice in his hair. Oh yeah, he does have lice. How do, how are you going to be an exterminator and have lice? <laughs> I don't. That's that's just what I got to say. That's I mean, just to on. put put on a gas mask. But <laughs> they didn't have the balls to give him crabs instead. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine like like hey, we got to sting his dick real quick, and they just see crabs going in his field. <laughs> Um, the crabs come out that, that could be the Seth Rogen like version of this one where they made that like R-rated CG movie <laughs> yeah the sausage party uh, <laughs> version of Ant Bully <laughs> we should that would be great let's do that um, yeah. so after saving the them from the exterminator with his plan the ants free Lucas saying he can go back home and uh, they also give him an honorary ant name that I didn't know and I don't remember I don't remember that <laughs> shit either Sharkbait Uha. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cage gives Lucas the growth potion, and uh, Lucas returns to his house just as his parents return home. And uh, he gives his mom a hug, and like with his newfound confidence, he convinces the other kids and, you know, to, to be fair, team I, up on the big bully. To be fair, I think we need to reiterate, Mama's got a fucking dump truck in this movie. <laughs> it's animated by the Jimmy Neutron people. She's got holy a dumper on so, Holy fucking shit. Mm. Talk about the... the, 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 the for whatever reason, that's it's the thing with 3D animated movies. They have to give the mom a dump truck. I mean, don't don't forget Dexter's mom from Dexter's Laboratory is a fucking dump truck. Like all yeah. cartoon moms usually have dump trucks mm-hmm. or like rail thin, no in between. Yeah. Uh, Real thin with a dump truck. That's my fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas also gives the ants some jelly beans, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, and don't yeah. forget their jelly bellies, specifically. They are, yeah. More product placement. Fuck these movies. To be fair, that, that's basically Wisconsin product placement, though. That's Ooh. true. Didn't the factory close down, though, and then we can never have the beans again? I think it's still open. You don't have the, the vomit flavor beans. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Harry Potter vomit beans. Yeah. To be fair, the Harry Potter series is vomit inducing. It's the, a different um, flavored bean that I like. So yeah, yeah, like around. a fl- beans. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't have a pussy flavor Harry Potter bean. Yeah, why they should have? But yes. Uh, so you're done with the synopsis? Yeah. This movie, I'm fine with it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like it either. It, it, it was mercifully very short, which I did like. Mm-hmm. And the animation's not bad. It is, you know, animated by the people that did Jimmy Neutron. I think Jimmy Neutron animation is enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just the world's not fleshed out enough. It's. It's ironically too short, but if it was any longer, I probably would hate it. It, it wasn't terrible, but it was like the animation of Jimmy Neutron with uh, less than half the charm of Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, that's yeah. a good so, point. I mean, it wasn't terribly uncharming, but it was just like not. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, uh, the sister in this movie was very charming. Yeah. She was charming enough to where I, I want my girlfriend to meet her she'll charm and... the pants right off you and then heat up a fucking brand yeah stick it in your butt that's true um yeah just and everyone watch the, the Nexium documentary on uh HBO please yeah and then uh come back to this and you'll you'll you'll, you'll get it you'll get it um, but yeah, um, it's this movie was okay. It wasn't exactly my favorite, but you know, it's it's a decent you, movie. You do have to admit not though, it terrible. is it is definitely not the worst animated Nick Cage movie. It's no Teen Titans go to the movies, but it's certainly better than Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say from the sounds of it. But uh, you know, like the animation was all right. Uh, it's uh, it was probably pretty damn good for the time, I would say. And there's kind of a lot of big name actors in this, or there really is. Names. Yeah, Meryl Streep is in this movie. Yeah, Meryl yeah. Streep, Julia, Julia Roberts, Bruce Campbell. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nick Cage, obviously. 
I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. Why not? But why the fuck not? Uh, well, it's Nicolas Cage. Why not? Uh, I will say most of the jokes in this, I feel like, fell kind of flat. They weren't very funny. Yeah, I do um, too. Yeah, I wish it would have had a little something more for Papa in there. <laughs> Let's even as far as like kids' jokes go, I feel like they weren't. I very mean, good. I fr- I yeah. frankly think they could have just did a shower scene with like Aunt Bully's mom, and I would have been totally fine with it. That would redeem this movie a lot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> do, do, that, do that scene from Family Man, but with Aunt Bully's mom. <laughs> but uh, and uh, like, I, I, Taylor Leone, I'm I am not technically single, but if you if we ever meet and I'm single, we're making this happen. I, I like Bruce Campbell a lot, but his character in this movie was pretty fucking annoying. Well, and that's the thing, like, I uh, I clearly, I love Bruce Campbell too, but he, he wasn't very memorable because I didn't notice he was in this movie at all. And I feel like he has a pretty distinctive voice. So like, hey, I'm an ant. He's like, hey, I'm an, I'm an ant here. I'm trying to walk you. He's got he a very exactly distinctive like that. chin. That's he, what I, I think. He has a very, he couldn't see it. He has a very distinctive New York City accent. Bruce Campbell does. Yeah, uh, I, I think suburban Detroit is basically New York City if you think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has that like famous line where he's like, "Hey, army, a freaking darkness over here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you shed some freaking light on it?" He's like, "Hey, it's groovy over here. Clatu Ferrari, I'm walking here." <laughs> <laughs> yes. I believe that is the lie. Yeah, pretty much all I have to say about this. For whatever reason, both of these movies, I just, I feel like I don't have much to say on both of these. I don't know. It could all be summed up pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I have I have nothing else to really say about this movie. It's just, it's fine, whatever. It's all right. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely been more entertained. Uh, it's a fine movie, but uh, I will but say. But I've also been less entertained. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. This um, is this is probably one of the most middling movies I've seen for this show so far. Yeah. Like, I have um, nothing negative or super positive to say about the it. The one really negative thing I do have to say about it is that ants are just kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> ants are gross. And to be fair, this movie does lie about ant culture because they very much do not respect borders. Yeah. yeah. Well, ants um, without borders. Also, like, <laughs> it disrespects ant culture by saying um, uh, that, that they eat poop because they well, ate caterpillar poop. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't think ants eat poop. I don't think I do either. That's not a thing that I'm aware of. What like would you know? Dung beetles and uh, flies and dung shit. beetles make houses out of poop. They, oh, okay. they, they don't eat their house. <laughs> well, what about like a gingerbread man? Yeah, frank, <laughs> frankly, you don't. You don't. Well, they kind of do shit where they. Well, they keep the shit where they eat. That's because they eat in the house. The, where they eat is surrounded by shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so they can shit where they eat and sleep and, you know, do whatever. That's totally fine. So uh, I guess with that, that we could just go on to uh, Amazon reviews. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, got a review from uh, Grandma Denny. I believe it's Grandma and Denny from The Room, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Denny from The Room because uh, she's she's watching him have sex. And the and, grandma uh, has cancer. And the grandma that has cancer that never gets brought up ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, grandma Denny says, uh, my grandsons are both autistic and fast-paced movies uh, usually keep their attention better than uh, the rest. For some reason, Aunt Bully has captivated my little audience. And as many times Wait, as- wait, wait, wait. Did you say Audience? Yeah. Uh, Wait. Uh, my audience, uh, and as many times as they have seen it, uh, they want to see it more and more. The story is about a little boy who is bullied by the big kid in the neighborhood, and after he is picked on, he turns his anger towards the ants in the yard. The ants wind up teaching him that he can do anything he wants to do, and being small makes no difference. My older grandson loves the part where he finds out what he is eating and what he thought was a feast. 
is actually the remains of what a caterpillar has eaten for breakfast. <laughs> he also enjoys grandma losing her teeth, and he looks at me after she drops her teeth in the drain and in the yard every time. We both laugh because he knows that it can happen to me too. It is a fun story for all, including grandma. Wonderful. Five stars. You know what? That's that's sweet. Yeah, Grandma that's like, Denny. You know, kind of wholesome. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, fucking Grandma, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you, we we support you. Yeah, Grandma and, um, Denny uh, yeah. is a fucking banger of a. Review and listen, right Grandma here. Denny, I I know. To be fair, like said, two autistic grandsons, right? Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's three autistic people because Denny in the room was autistic. Yeah, and, that's and they why transitioned I, and became a grandma later on. Uh. Yeah. That's why you like what? <laughs> no. So they they had a child, right? Mm-hmm. They transitioned. To a woman. Yeah. And then that child had a child and became grandma. Okay. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying, Jess. I, you know how this works. D- it's yeah. very simple. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Transparent? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, you can transition later in life after oh, having yeah, a child. Oh, yeah, well, I know that. But <laughs> and then they eventually became a grandma because that child had a kid. Two kids. Oh, okay. That's what you're saying. I love okay, how close minded you, you are, that Jess. The kid became a grandma. And I <laughs> yes. was like, what? No, like, I, listen, so, I, no, I thought listen. you were saying no. that in no, the no, movie, no, the room, the <laughs> grandma is dead. It sounds child, like that's what you were saying. And yes. That's ch- <laughs> yes, Jess. That's how, that's how biology works. You dipshit. <laughs> well, you, now you see why I was confused, right? Because, like. <laughs> no, listen, okay. All I'm saying is, right? Is that there are three autistic people because Denny is autistic and they had two grandchildren. So there's three autistic people. It's this is like a math equation for like for like woke parents. Okay. <laughs> so if there's three autistic people in the house, so there are four, four people in the house. house. Three of them are autistic. <laughs> One of them is grandma. <laughs> I mean, it's a riddle. You have to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's I, birthday I, I, is for Paul. I don't anyone who was maybe offended by this. This may be a very <laughs> offensive episode overall. Yeah. Um, so our next review comes from Becky Irvin, um, who writes, uh, how... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I don't know why I know, but it's going to be good. <laughs> Wait, are you like, is this about what's on the screen there? Or Okay. Right. Mike seems to be preparing himself for something that's going to be very I'm emotional. I'm so ready. Becky Irvin uh, writes, how my autistic daughter loves this movie. Yes! Yes, it's Denny! Oh my god. Denny transitioned earlier in life, too! Uh, got a review for... Um, I mean, to be fair... <laughs> wait, that was the whole review? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Wait, no! <laughs> how that? many autistic people like this movie? Okay. These, these reviews... <laughs> the, two, these two reviews are both within the first five reviews on Amazon. Okay. Uh, okay, so, so, so Jess, here's the thing. I think we all need to understand is that trans women can have biological children. Okay, I, I, I fucking understand <laughs> this part. I have jizz frozen somewhere because I, I think off chance that maybe one day I want to have a biological child. I understand this hey, listen, part. Hey, listen. The trans daughter was also Denny at one point, too, okay? Okay. I got a review from M. Drasky, who uh, says, Magics, potions, and curses, oh my. <laughs> uh, M. Drasky says, Not what I expected. 
We stopped watching the movie after the potions and curses were mentioned. Totally ruined what was supposed to be a relaxing family movie <laughs> evening. <laughs> Are they like the people who burned Harry Potter? Because I was literally going to say yeah. like the anti-Harry Potter Christian parents. Yeah. You see, there's a, a a video that went around. Um, uh, I don't know earlier this year, whenever this movie came out, but the new Adams Family movie. There's a family a family who like left the theater early because they thought it was demonic. <laughs> uh, that's who wrote this review. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, were they not fucking aware of what the Adams Family is? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I just they, well, I, here's like I think they thought it was going to be the Brian Adams family <laughs> and they thought and it was going to be the summer it? of 69. Mm. Um so yeah if you uh if you don't want your kids to be asking questions about uh the black arts uh don't watch this one. Uh I uh, have a review from Carrie who says poor service. I ordered this video for my grandson's birthday back in August. I received the wrong video. It oh, was shit, an okay. adult video. I have emailed the <laughs> oh. company twice since I returned the wrong video and have not heard a word from them. So uh, this is kind of like a Butters from South Park situation or whatever. So to be fair, there is one called Ant, like spelled like, like you know, like your aunt. And yeah. it's about an ant bullying her like yeah. their her yeah. nephew to fuck. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, and so... Not Ant Bully, a triple X parody. Uh, but at least in the adult movie, they didn't mention potions or curses. Yes. And I, to be fair, I think the porn parody had less actual sex traffickers in it. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but less um, entertaining for uh, the autistic audience. Uh, Somehow. Got a review from Kindle Customer. Uh, guess what? This ain't a book, honey. This ain't a fucking mm-hmm. book. What the fuck? Uh, Kindle Customer uh, writes, this is the second bug movie I've found myself hating. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, but the few funny scenes aren't worth the grossness and stupidity of this film. I don't know what about it hit me the wrong way, but just like the movie Ants... I feel sick. I knew that was going to be you the know, one they were going to mention. I knew that so was going to mention it, too, because I think that was one of the first, like, quote unquote, major CG movies to have, like, big name actors in it, well, too. Ants came out at the same time as, like, A Bug's Life. It came yeah, out, like, yeah. the year 2000, didn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Like, late 90s, early 2000s? I'm pretty sure A Bug's Life and Ants came out the same year. So, like, 1998, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like the movie Ants, I feel sick at the thought of it. Uh, maybe it's the scene where the bug pulls up the ant's head or the need to make everything as you as possible or maybe the ant religion. Please, if you want a good clean bug movie, rent or buy Bugs Life and skip <laughs> this gross film. So here's the so thing, they right? go back to that rivalry between ants and a bug's life all the way oh, yeah. in 98 and they still don't like this one either. Yeah. You can tell they're a big Woody Allen fan, but they don't like ants. So yeah. here's the thing, they talk about gross out things, but that's just the way ants live though. It's not gross to them. Um, it's part of their culture. I agree with Kindle customer in that um, they were making things as ew as possible. Mm-hmm. Which to be fair is true. I think other cultures should be feared and we should look down upon them. I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm only saying non-human species. Uh, we should look down on them. Uh, Actually, let's not. All cultures should be celebrated. Yay! Except uh, for Wisconsinites, they should not be celebrated. Yeah, fuck this state. Yeah, fuck this state. The state's full of losers. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Fuck you! Yeah. Uh, you want to just my... get in the car and just start driving somewhere? Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> care. We're just far <laughs> away. Our last review comes from Stephen Jones, 
who writes not a boys movie. <laughs> now, to be fair, is this like a, you um, can't watch it with the boys movie or is it like not for boys? Uh, well, let's see what Steven says. And also B-O-Y or B-O-I. Uh, B-Y-O-I. Bring your own uh, inheritance. Uh, first, the premise of this film is essentially that what boys need is a good dose of feminism to teach them how to be okay. Men. What the actual what fuck? the fuck? Where? Okay. Uh, uh, no. First of all, the the not a boys movie thing. Right off the bat, I was like, I can think the three biggest characters that matter the most to the plot. I, two of them are men. One is a woman. Then, like, pretty much all the named characters are men. And, and, and by the way, this is, okay. This is a very deep answer. Society is a very deeply patriarchal society. <laughs> Triggered instantly uh, by I, Stephen Jones. I know us, us libtars did get caught. Uh, this is yeah. Alex Jones' but, older brother. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, just keep going. I uh, need to hear second, this. Second, the scene in which Julia Roberts's character stings the pest control man on the genitals was totally inappropriate for children. That was not Julia Roberts' character, even. In fact, <laughs> it was just downright inappropriate for anyone, but it set the tone for this movie more than any other scene. If you have boys, get them something else. Well, that's I why me and Taylor didn't like this movie. Uh, 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 okay. okay, that's very fair. <laughs> I I only like movies that I can watch with the boys. But no, I that makes no sense because not only do they get the characters' actions wrong, yes. the ant society is a deeply patriarchal fucking society. <laughs> like, well, okay, to be fair, they have a matriarch though, right? The ant thing, right? Yeah, queen. But I don't, I don't. But it doesn't necessarily make it not know, patriarchal. Maybe I, I just think that ants probably don't really have a construction of gender in the way that humans. I think do. they do actually. They they're uh, a very 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 gendered society if you think about it. Mm. But yeah, uh, so I guess we, it is time to move on to the vote here. It is. And uh, Dave, would like you be so ahead. kind as to grace us with a countdown? What? Count. Hey, Dave, do you mind helping us with the countdown? We could really use your help here. Please, Dave, I'm begging you. Like, Pl- please, I'm, I'm, Dave, please, please, Dave, please. Please. You've got to do it. Please. Please. Oh, oh yeah, Dave. Dave. Hey, what the fuck are you kids doing on my fucking lawn? And don't look at me with that fucking talking to you. All right, fine. Oh, yeah, fuck Dave Coon, uh, please help. Three, two, two, one. Uh, and may I say, uh, in, uh, uh, I don't know if this is controversial, in my top five movies, uh, of The Pod. Um, yeah, I would say this movie's in top five of The Pod for me. Uh, like, after I watched it, I honestly put it top three, but now that I think about it, it's still very much at least in the top five for me. Swag up. I like this movie a lot. Um, and I, I will say, too, I, I love how we kind of spoiled it. Oh, yeah, it. for me, in my ranking, it made number five. So, oh, yeah. awesome. five, so we're all basically in agreement here that this movie unanimously won and it's in our top five. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that I think it was funny that we kind of spoiled our vote by saying, oh, this is a movie I think we should have. We should watch twice just to really understand the full nuances. I didn't say we should watch it twice. To, I was just saying, <laughs> just like. basically said that. I, I said, like, you know, it's something that I You all spoiled it by saying for, like, the entire, like, 15 minutes after the reviews that you all loved the movie so much. Yeah. Every time you say you love a movie, the other movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Have we ever been, has there ever been an episode that, like, with, with two movies that we love? 
I don't think wait, so. Wait, 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 wait. Lord there of War was and Snowden. the one time, the one movie everybody said they loved, and the other one everyone said was horrible for the entire time. <laughs> then I went and took a piss, and you guys decided that the horrible one. No, was be it. fair. We didn't, didn't say, say we to loved. To be fair, Ghost I never Rider. conceded yeah. on that. And, and to um, be fair, I never said I loved the Ghost Rider. Yeah. Uh, and and Mike didn't that. either. Yeah. And I don't think our guest said anything a positive, super like super positive about it either. Yes, I, our our guest was very neutral to negative well, on both. You made movies. it very, very clear that the other movie was worse. That, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, no, it's it, up for discussion. No, it's better because uh, one of them is forty. They're both shit, but one is forty minutes shorter. Look, I don't expect you to uh, to understand art. Dave, and that's, that's true, what Teen yeah. Titans Go to the Movies <laughs> is. All right, fair enough. I'm shutting the mic off and getting back to what I do better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of hard, so. Oh, shit. Uh, well, I guess uh, next time we're talking about uh, Birdie and Next. next. Yeah. Birdie and Next will the be the champion next thing. Next. And so stick around for that. Uh, and give us money on Patreon. Yeah, yes. give us and, the Patreon. And by dollars. the way, what is the Patreon link? One more time for our listeners. Uh, hold on. Patreon Let me I believe it's patreoncom cumtown. I don't know if it's Cage Fight Pod or Cage Fight Podcast. I have to double check. It's Cage Fight Podcast. It's Cage Fight Podcast. It is okay. It's Cage Fight Podcast. Yeah, go to patreoncom podcast and maybe give us like a little throw. And a, you you can support us. Uh, you can give us tokens on Chatterbait. Yeah. Uh, and you can also send us feed picks as part of your payment. Yeah, mm-hmm. please do. And eventually we'll start doing Patreon content. But you have to. Uh, uh, we have to make sure we have an audience. So give us uh, money right now. So give us some Bye. money. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Taylor signing off. Bye bye. See ya. Bye bye. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, solid work. Hey, solid, solid work. work. This has been a solid work production.